In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order the Wrestling Booking Unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that almost didn't go live tonight because they were too busy watching Army of Dark Army of the Dead. Not Army of Darkness. Although I would have watched that too. I am your host, Detective Mark Sparks, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent Kayfay. What's going on, man? How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good. I mean, you ready for the magic show, bud? Yeah, it's a magic show. <laughs> so, so you were, you were, <laughs> you're, you're a victim of the marketing, is what you're telling me. Watching Army of Dead? Yes. This is a good flick. You're a victim of the market. It worked. You allowed that shit to work. Yes. That's fantastic, I suppose. I'm I'm a wrestling fan. I allow myself to get manipulated by marketing all the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> but you allowed yourself to be to be that might be a crime before we even start the show. Well, you go ahead and bring that crime if you want to. <laughs> I enjoyed that flick overall. There was, was it, some was it issues, pretty good? It was pretty decent overall, but I'm I'm a, a zombie flick fan, so that's always going to be my jam. I'm a Zack Snyder appreciator, so um, I appreciate what he did for uh, overall on it. So, yeah, it was a good flick overall. But, uh, anyway. Um, we're not here to talk. Yeah, yeah, it's actually prime time. So. It, it is wrestling crime time. Um, I think we're going to be joined by JLB later, but he is not with us at this moment, so um, we will I don't know. Just roll on without him, and if he joins uh, us, he joins us. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What are we gonna do, right? What you gonna uh, do? What brother? you gonna do, brother? Would JLB doesn't come on the show on time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, JLB. Them Canadian. He must be living on Canadian time. Yes. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. That means he was on the show an hour early, based on where in Canada he lives. Yeah, yeah he was sitting here waiting for us an hour ago. Fuck, guys. Seriously. Jeez. Forget it. I'm going to go do whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. You'll probably go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, but... that's an option? No, nope. It's not an option. Not an option <laughs> at all. We need you. Um, before we get into everything, I always like to take this moment to remind everyone that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatness Co. Podcast Network. So. Uh, when you get a chance to head on over to tatnisco.com, check out the other shows there. Um, tell them that Raw and Order sent you, and then come back here and you know watch our stuff and listen to it. Um, we are, have started this. You, you, some of you may be watching this on our live stream, uh, maybe watching the video of it afterwards on YouTube, uh, or maybe listening to it on our podcast audio um, posted shortly after. However you enjoy this podcast, we appreciate you coming, and um, hopefully we continue to see you. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we're going to go ahead and get in on the crimes here. Uh, hopefully JLB shows up here. 
Um, as always, I open the floor to see if DA Fabe wants to go first or if he wants me to go first. I am going to go ahead and let you go first. Okay. So um, it's tough. The main crime, I think, for this week um, that we kind of have to talk about at least, and it wasn't really going to be my main crime, but it's just one of those things. WWE released another 10 wrestlers this week. And it's the only reason I was going to say it's not wasn't going to be my main crime is because they it's were all performance center people. Um, for the most part, aside from a few names, and there's one big name in the list, but I'm not exactly crying that they got released. Um, but the other names on the list, the biggest name was like Jessamine Duke who had wrestled once in all of 2020, if I'm correct, on TV, or twice, twice on TV, and really wasn't being used. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that these are the, the ones that you kind of have to say maybe it's for the best. Like, WWE wasn't using them. Maybe this will be their chance to go off and, and get some experience elsewhere and and move up the ladder. But it's still, it's one of those things where, like, it just it just reeks of, he wanted to do this a month ago, and then saw the, you know, reaction when he released a bunch of main roster people, and was like, oh, let's, let's wait another month to do it and try to sneak it under the radar. Because it would, like... It wasn't big names. Like I said, Jessamine Duke, but it still was people being released while, you know, there's a global pandemic going on and not many companies are really fully hiring. And, you know, well, it, I mean, the the pandemic argument is, is weakening as time goes on because they're planning on doing live shows and things like mm-hmm. that. And, and there is so much more professional wrestling than there was even even a year one year and two months ago when things shut down um there's just more options um and and more people watch and um so wrestling is moving in the right direction um jessamine the i i would say on on that particular wrestler who's the the uh biggest name that you're not in favor of them cutting. Um, the one that's bigger, that's probably a bigger name that you are in favor of them cutting. I'm sure we'll get to when we list them all off, but mm-hmm. um, the uh, the biggest name that you're not in favor of cutting being Jessamine Duke, that the one thing that that really does that makes all of us go, damn it, is it probably means we aren't going to get a four horsemen women versus four horsewomen match. And that kind of pisses me off. Yeah, um, I mean, it would be the only reason I'd want Ronda back. I mean, yeah. I guess so. you could you could make an argument that the biggest name of the NXT talent that was released was Vanessa Bourne, and that's not really a big name, but she had been relatively recently involved in a relatively main storyline. Um, yeah. And uh, for her to, you know, just kind of meh um, off. Um, But like Ezra Judge, um, 
we really hadn't seen. He was on a live event in Melbourne, Florida, uh, back March of 2020. That was the last time he wrestled. Um, so it's not like they were using him. He he's a big dude though, so he's he's got the look. A lot of people thought he was going to be a big name. Um, Alexander Wolf was a fairly big name. Uh, he yeah. wrestled on NXT, lost, got kicked out of Imperium, and then shit can later that night. So, well, and, and he had he had multiple factions that he was part of. So, mm-hmm. um, which means, as, as crazy as this is, um, the remaining members of Sanity are the guy that tags with uh, with Drake Maverick. Um, yeah, Killian Dane, Killian Dane, and Nikki Cross. Yep. Um, and Nikki Cross is being underused, and it, that's probably going to happen to her at some point. And Killian Dane, unless he gets a lot more funny, um, fat guys don't make it in WWE. So yeah, uh, Kavita Devi was cut. She. To be perfectly honest, I think the only reason WWE kept her around as long as they did was because they um, she was another one of those foot in the doors for the Indian market, you know, um, and I think they kind of felt like they keeping her around could kind of help her. Um, But, you know. But like other than that, I mean, uh, um, a ref, a couple referees got let go, but none of them were. I mean, like one of them, Drake Works, um, is kind of controversial. And uh, is he the one that did the leapfrog in the match? No. Oh, I thought that was him. No. Um, Drake Works was the one who uh, skipped an NXT taping to go uh, attend a city council meeting and argue against masks um, in Florida. Uh, He also walked out of a Triple H uh, uh, inclusivity speech where Triple H was talking. I mean, I've seen it labeled a Black Lives Matter speech, but it was more just a hey, listen, you know, we're a company, we take care of our own, we're, you know, whatever, and it doesn't matter where you're from or, or what you look like. We're, and if you're going to walk out on that, that says a lot. And so apparently he was not very popular <coughs> with uh, management or staff. Yeah, so so I'm like, yeah, whatever uh, on him. But, but uh, Skyler's story, um, who literally got signed and released in a year, you know? Um, and there was one other one. I'm trying to find find her name, but she actually got signed earlier for the um, women's title number one contender tournament that they had last year for the NXT uh, women's title um, when they had that... Um, the what was it anyways she got she got hired in there wrestled like later that week and then we never saw her again and now she's been cut so it's like no big deal there but it's just one of those where you're like 
if you're going to do this sort of a thing where you cut people on the regular for budgetary reasons, don't immediately announce major signings right afterwards. You know what I mean? Maybe uh, Ava Marie. Well, Ava Marie, but there was another um, not huge signing, but a big name signed uh, shortly thereafter. But even more than that, I mean, it's just like it. There are so many of these little things that they do. And I guess I would prefer if it was one of those things where instead of, you know, waking up one morning and seeing, oh, crap, 10 people lost their job last night. It was just something where like every week, you know what I mean? Something happened, but one, one at a time. Yeah. If they just kind of trickled in here and there, space <laughs> them out. Into, but it does look like JLB did join us. So we're going to go ahead and add him on here. Hey, we hey, can't hey. see him. Oh, there he is. Yeah. He sorry about that. See us. Yeah, you better be sorry. <laughs> did I miss anything? Um, just, just me bitching about WWE firing more people this week. Oh, so not much. Okay. Yeah. Same, same old, same old. Yeah, literally the same old, same old. Yeah, I mean it's it's Once it's really like we just did this a month ago. That's because we did. Um, what was really uh, what was really sad to me is I forgot who it was. Uh, you might have seen the story where I think it was Chelsea Green who had mentioned she helped her friend move in into Florida. Yeah. And then a week later, she found out that she was fired. And so yep. she had to move out. And I was like, oh, geez, the timing. The timing of that is just ridiculous. So kudos to WWE for making more people miserable during the pandemic. Because like, apparently that's the only thing they're good at. And biographies. But, you know, aside from that, not much. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those. Like I said, this one doesn't make me as like angry angry as as the last one because like like I was saying before you were on here you know Vanessa Bourne they really weren't using her she wasn't exactly a blue chip talent you know uh Kavita Devi I, I think the only reason they'd kept her around was for the Indian market um Jessamine Duke wasn't really being used um you know, but but it's just one of those things where it's just like, I mean, heck, just trickle them in. You know, if you just want to let a person go once a week or something like that, or just but this uh, wait until we can fire ten people and then release them all at once. Shit's got to stop. What do you think the reasoning is doing behind that? I well, I guess it's doesn't look as bad if you do once a week, though. You know what I mean? You're always going to be in the headlines of firing someone. When it's going to be the same amount, you might as well get a pack, fire them that week. You'll get some bad rep that week, and then that's it. You know, the so, thing is, the thing is, I think it would go the opposite way. I think if the if the firing just trickled in, it'd be one of those things where we'd be like, yeah, you know, that's the way it is. It's a business. Sometimes things don't work out, you know, and people get let go. But it's this like, let's let it pile up and let's do ten of them all at once, you know, or twenty of them or whatever. Um, right. That's where where I think it kind of uh, falls I, apart. I humbly don't believe that there needs to be a strategy to hiring and firing. What I do think needs to happen is a little bit more reason given. Mm -hmm. um, at, at a point where you're very, very public, um, a really good example of this is, yes, um, 
the Dark Knight Rises Dark Knight series was an exceptional um, movie series. Um, that said, uh, I can't remember the guy's name that played Batman in the Dark Knight series. Christian um, Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Bale is notoriously a jackass. Um, <laughs> and since he's notoriously a jackass, you know, one of the things that you have to consider during that that possibility is that maybe it gets overwhelming for the director, for the producers, for somebody who maybe is more important than Christian Bale and, and worthy of cutting the series short. Um, if that's the case, then you have that firing. But people know that he's notoriously a jackass. Had it been the guy that played Bane, and now we have to recast Bane in that same storyline, um, that's a different story. We don't know that he's notoriously a jackass. So if he's a jackass behind the scenes, it's nice to know. There's a there's a, a notorious jackass that, or there's there's a guy who has some faults around him that was released in this. And I can tell Smarks is doing his best to avoid mentioning him, but Velveteen Dream. Um, and you know, there's there's only so much benefit that an eccentric that that a very well developed eccentric character can provide when he has accusations of of sending pee pee pictures to people too young. I don't know how else to say that. Like it wasn't sexual was, assault. It was, was he officially accused? Like was he officially convicted or anything? Oh, he was he was accused. The accused, conviction has not not occurred. Okay, but no. it's hard to hard to not. That ain't my penis. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's hard to not go. Oh my gosh! Well, I, I understand this one when that one happens. Of course, Richard. it did take what eight months. Like, and they brought well, him back, and they didn't. I mean, there, there's one. It's one thing to take somebody off of television. It's another to take them off of television, put them back on television, and then let them go. Like, so yeah, what's, that's. Give us the reason, unless it's unless it's obvious, unless it's um, Enzo Mori, which was an obvious reason because I, the news had come out. Yeah, I said this before. I'm I'm ninety percent certain that uh, that they didn't release Velveteen Dream right after the accusations because they didn't want to look like they were releasing him because of the accusations. But yeah. in the end, they're releasing him because of the accusations. Um, See, and, and, and we don't know that because they don't give us a reason. No, and they, they, aren't, they aren't responsible to give us a reason. It's just that would help take some of this heat off. Joe would have been a very, very expensive commentator. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Is, do we think it's a bad move? Yeah. But to say Joe's an expensive commentator is very different than just, we fired Samoa Joe today. Mm -hmm. You know, a little harder to do. But along the same lines, you know, what it comes down to with, especially with talking about Samoa Joe, although that was in a previous round of firings. I know. Yeah. The 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 important thing to remember is, um, yes, he would be an expensive commentator, but they're still paying Paige, um, and That's she's true. doing nothing effectively yep. right now. So, uh, 
So it's important to keep that kind of in mind is that, you know, while they, they like to make a big deal about, uh, about that or what, what we make a big deal about them using money as the reason. And that's their, that's typically the reason that they say is, Hey, you know, uh, we're doing this for budget cuts, budgetary reasons. But, you know, in reality, if, if you're not going to clear Samoa Joe for wrestling, um, you've got the choice to you've got the choice to pay him to stay at home, pay him to be a commentator and use him in some way, or try to renegotiate a contract. Um, the last resort option is just shit canning someone. You know what I mean? And they so. don't owe us. They, it, it's not that they owe us those explanations. I just think that those explanations would help. I think it would take some of the heat off. Um, but under the same token, you know, there is, there is no excuse for letting go of a future hall of famer, um, former women's champion, still great in the ring in Mickey James. Mm-hmm. Um, I use Joe as the example because it was, he's an overpriced commentator. Uh, well, maybe, he even said that. Maybe not. He even said that, well, they've been paying me too much for far too long for what I was doing or something yeah. along those lines on his Twitter page. So, yep. I mean, he knew like, yay, you know, yeah, but yeah. I, I don't think he, I don't think that there would be doctors wanted to let him wrestle, though, either. No. Nope. So, you know, at, well, what is he to do? All right. Well, then use me on yep. commentary or don't yep. and send me home. So. Or let's or let's renegotiate or, or let's negotiate a release. Right. If, mm-hmm. yeah. if here's the here's what it comes down to. These are independent contractors as a whole. If you don't want them, that's fine. Negotiate a release with them and tell them why. We don't have anything for you. We don't want to continue paying you when we don't have anything for you. Or you're not cleared to wrestle. We can't continue to keep you on because uh, but again, it's they obviously held on to him up until April 15th. And then said, let's get rid of him along with 10 other people, right? Right. Well, I mean, they obviously wanted to use him for Mania. I think they were waiting until after Mania and then let him go, you know? To to use him for one scene where he was in a poncho. That was the only scene he used him? Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh. Okay. His only appearance on WrestleMania was (laughs) in a poncho. That's weird. On a poncho. So sorry, it's a song. So that that's that's why, like I said, it wasn't originally going to be my main crime because the this time around these were all developmental, and developmental uh, is developmental for a reason. You know, it's and uh, the easiest answer with these people is it's just not working out. You're not developing the way we would have hoped. We're we're just gonna move on without you, and that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. To my previous point of them just letting some letting someone go every once in a while, fucking the NFL does it all the time, and they don't get shit for it. You know, every week. And if you're a fan of a specific team and you have their app on your phone, you know what this is like. Every week, at least twice a week, I get a notification. <laughs> uh, because my team either released someone or signed someone, right? And it doesn't make massive headlines because of Wait, it. Wait, your team's a horrible example for this. Your team, 
could literally right now probably just have the best team in Texas replace it. The best high school team in Texas replace a lot of their players. Uh, right now, maybe. Uh, maybe. I can't. I can't <laughs> argue with that because they. Uh, they. Fucking. They have bastardized your roster. So. They really, really have. Uh, Sorry, I just had to point that out. No, I, and and not to get into football talk at all, but um, the previous coach of my team uh, thought, "Hey, this was last year. Hey, I think it's a great idea to let the number one best wide receiver in the league." Right, we'll trade him to Arizona, uh, because reasons. Right, he wanted more money, is what the reason was. Oh, we're gonna trade you to Arizona because you want more money, and then we're gonna sign a wide receiver, trade for a wide receiver who his contract owes him more money than the best wide receiver in the league we just turned down and traded him away for. Um, (laughs) And and then this year they let the best defensive end in the league. Oh, uh, in probably six seven years. Yeah, uh, just fucking walk to go to another team because you know we don't want to pay him more and and all this shit. Um, and I mean I'm hoping this will be a first season with a new coach and 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 I'm hopeful on that. But no, your 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 criticisms of my team are warranted. Um, <laughs> They they do have the history of, but it's but it's every team you fire up ESPN's NFL coverage. Well, I mean, and, my team my team shred the, shredded their roster to get to a, you know. Yeah, so yeah. and it's every week, especially in this from now until the start of the main se- the main season, the regular season, right? Even through uh, the three uh, preseason games, um, yeah. you will see people cut. At least twice a week from the NFL, and it's no big deal because it's part of the thing. Um, if if WWE was to do it kind of regularly, where like you know once a week we'd get a notification that hey WWE decided to let this wrestler go or whatever, it'd be a different thing altogether. The fact that they pile them up it makes it a big headline, and we talk about it right more so than that. And and this is what I'm gonna kind of go into. I think this is where WWE is fucking up with it because it also gives them, uh, gives us a calendar date that we can easily mark for 90 day no competes, right? We can be like, oh, April 15th, they released Samoa Joe. 90 days from here is going to be July 15th. Perfect. You know, um, whereas if it was just like uh, releases trickling in, it'd be so much easier for them to just kind of fall by the wayside and we don't think about it and we move on. So, but I don't know. I, like I said, to, for me, I'm, I'm not as angry about these because for the most part, these were all developmental ones and I think they're all going to be better off elsewhere. Do I think that they made mistakes on some of them? Yes. Um, like you said, uh, Jessamine Duke, uh, that really puts a nail in the coffin of the four horsewomen of MMA ever being a thing in WWE, or yeah. at least unless they bring her back in the future, because they always could. I mean, nothing's permanent in WWE, right? Well, um, I mean... Well, they also didn't make they, that a thing. Like, they should have done the four, four horsewomen thing, like, when Rondo just started. So, yeah, they never they, did it. They should have done it multiple times. Yeah. But now it's, it's like, well, now they're definitely not doing it. 
right? Um, do do I think that you know Vanessa Bourne might have had a little bit more upside than WWE gave her? Maybe, but she wasn't like a favorite of mine by any means. And quite frankly, she'll probably be better off someplace else, you know, showing up an impact and, and uh, going from there. But yeah. But anyways, that's my main crime for today. I've got another one that I want to... It's not a crime I want to talk about. It's something I do want to talk about later. But we'll go ahead and move on. Unless you guys have something more to say about this, we'll move on to one of your crimes. No, I mean, I think I'm good with that. I just think, like... I'm almost happy that when WWE superstars get released, just because, like, I feel like a lot of them can just do better elsewhere. So I'm kind of almost thankful for them that they've gotten released. Because... I've lost faith in WWE for quite some time now, so I'm good when people leave. Pandemic, well, I, you know, I get it, but... Yeah, I, I like to say, I'm always angry. I'm angry when people get released just in general, but I'm more angry when they get released all at once sort of a thing. But again, I'm kind of with you. Uh, you know, right now in AEW, we got Tay Conti just kicking ass. Mm-hmm. And she's one of my favorites in AEW's women's division. And she wouldn't be there if she wasn't released a year ago in the firings back then. And she's so much happier now. And she's kicking ass. And I'm in- enjoying the crap out I mean, of her. So I mean, even uh, well, this when Dean Ambrose left WWE, uh, Renee, his wife, just mentioned something in an interview that... You know, she's so happy for her husband. Her husband feels rejuvenated to an extent where he can do what he wants and he's just happier. You know what I mean? She's like, there wasn't anything wrong with the relationship, but she feels that the fact that he's more happier, it's just made things that much more better. So, uh, it you know, it, it can do stuff to, you know, and he Dean Ambrose was a pretty big deal in WWE. They just weren't using him. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, kudos to the superstars being left because in 90 days, you can certainly go somewhere uh, a lot better for you, you know? Yeah. And, well, and, the, and the one thing Conti these, is a great example for that. Yeah. The one thing with these uh, developmental releases. Um, my understanding is no that 90 day, right? NXT, they don't have 90 day no competes. So um, those people are all able to go someplace else pretty much right away. Um, but, you know, what do you guys think? You out there in viewer land, um, watching us live stream down the road, watching the replay or listening to us on, on thing. Let us know what you think. You can either... Let us know in the comments uh, here. You can tweet at us at Raw and Order WBU or at the other people, right? Um, just let us know what you guys think. But we it's will not go there, ahead. Though. I'm pointing, but it's not there. Yeah, you're pointing, but it's not there because it's hidden behind the comment thing there. There. Yeah, there we those, go. Hey. Those, those different ones you can tweet at us there. <laughs> but this one uh, will not respond easily. You will have to make a really great remark to get this one to respond. <laughs> Or just call him a tool bag. Yep, that works too. Yeah. Listen, you yeah. bag of penises. Oh, you're Jesus. wrong. Whoa. Call them a bag this of turned my cashew smile into a cashew frown. 
Well, if you've got such a cashew frown, do you have the next crime, or is JLB going next? (laughs) I don't care. I'll go next. Um, I mean, I may be kind of forgetting what kind of happened this week, but one thing I remember being shocked about um, is just the stupid booking that's happening. Okay, we've complained about the booking, but the stupid booking of how these people are getting title shots. Like both main titles was just like, oh, hey, that person got pinned. So I should face you now. And that's your storyline. Like, I am sorry. And you used the same exact thing. You used it for um, you used it for Lashley and McIntyre. Oh, hey, Braun got pinned. So, uh, you know, you, you, you didn't pin me. So I want to face you for the championship. Okay, that's one. Then you got Flair. Oh hey, you pinned Oscar. You didn't pin me, so I want a shot at the time. Like I am sorry. Can we not just have like some kind of writer writing this or something that has a little bit more intelligence, uh, a, a bigger intelligence than like a four-year-old? Like that's the most ridiculous storytelling in the world. What is going on? So I think that's my crime here, just because like. This is why I'm not watching anymore. Like, and now that you're coming back live on July 16th, like you're not going to be able to fill those seats, bud. You might maybe the first month because people will be excited to go watch a show. But I guarantee you, by the time they finish that show, they couldn't see it. They couldn't fill the seats before. Just so you know. They couldn't feel this, but yeah, but now people are going to be excited to go back. Oh, I'm going to go see a wrestling show. So it's going to be more of the experience of, you know, not being able to do something for a long time. So I imagine they're going to be pretty packed for the first Raw, for like the first month. Okay. First Raw, first SmackDown, all the Raw SmackDown, the the pay-per-views for sure. I imagine they'll be packed. They'll be good to go. No problem. Fans are going to be excited. And I think it's going to be good for a while. But then at some point, it's just going to be like, why am I going to waste all this money on this ticket when I can just watch it? Like, I already know how it feels. I've been to a show. Like, I don't need to go to a live. Like, it's boring. Nothing happens there. I don't need to go to Raw. I was at Raw, I don't know, three months ago. And that was really trash. Now WWE has to certainly work on their product. And how they have to work on their product is by giving us convincing storylines or just, you know, a better story towards what is going on with that storyline because hey you pinned him but you didn't pin me so i'm gonna face you is not a good storyline and it never will be Mm. it certainly gets done but you have to be more i don't know convincing about it it's just so lackluster and lame i i personally think that we're gonna see kind of a change to that once the live audiences start coming back for this reason, if only, um, I think WWE at the moment doesn't know who's over. Right. Because they haven't had live crowds. So they're just like, um, I think this person's over. Like, I think Drew McIntyre is over. Right. But I don't know for certain because we haven't had a crowd around him ever. And. For him to be over, we have to hear some reaction. Right. And so what I think is going to happen is they're going to get crowds back. And then instead of piped in Thunderdome reaction, they're going to get real reaction. 
at least I hope so. Unless Vince kind of gets pissed that the crowd isn't liking who they're liking and says, you know what? That sound thing we used to do, because they were editing sounds even before the pandemic, yeah. right? The the thing is they did um, this is awesome during the pandemic. Yeah. And in the end or fight forever. You know, <laughs> they they will not be able to deny the crowd for long. And they've shown that when crowds are there. They eventually listen. It can take them a while, but eventually, right? Daniel Bryan's a perfect example. The whole yes movement, the whole Daniel Bryan movement came about because of the fans, right? Right. The women's revolution came about because of the fans. So once there are crowds back, I think then they'll start to be able to see what storylines aren't working. I think right now they're just so much like, I don't know what's going on. It's been so long. Uh, people like Charlotte, let's put her in a match with the champion because uh, she's a flair and everyone likes the flares. So, Woo. so yeah, let's have her be the, be in the match with the champion. And- and it, I get it. I mean, it must be hard to not know either, right? You're you're basing an entire evening off of what Vince thinks, I guess, because you don't have no fans saying anything. Sure, you can read what the Twitter sphere is saying after the show, but you can't go off that because they're not paying customers and people are going to bitch anyways. Well, so it so- must be difficult. So I can't really rag on too much. Um but I feel like it's been the worst. Like, I feel like this is the worst storytelling since the pandemic started. Like, this is just garbage. I don't I don't think they were this bad pre-pandemic. Were they? Yeah. At times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I, DA I say, I... I'm going to say that, that's, that it's a little bit of a bullshit excuse. Um, I'm going to play a little bit of devil, devil's advocate here. Um, and the reason it's a bullshit excuse that fans aren't there, so we don't really know what their reactions are is because of the Twitter sphere. Um, the Twitter sphere is louder than the actual fans are. Um, and, and so for that reason, um, yes, I, you can't over invest in the Twitter sphere and I would wholeheartedly say you can't over invest in the Twitter sphere. Um, there are people who are really, really loud that are dumb uh, frequently, um, mm-hmm. there are people who are silent that that maybe have the same same uh, perspectives as most of the rest of the fans. Uh, the example, uh, uh, the best best uh, uh, soliloquy, the best uh, metaphor I can use for this is um, you have if if I was to listen to two different podcasts about professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Both by former WW or WCW uh, executives, one being Eric Bischoff, one being uh, Vince Russo. If I'm going to listen to those two podcasts, one's very loud and frequently wrong. The other one's very loud and highly respected. Which one? Which one should you listen a little closer to? Um, you know. Th- if you if you take that down to not Bischoff is loud because he's highly respected. He's not a loud person. Vince mm-hmm. Russo is widely not respected in the industry and has tons of followers. Cornette is the in the same the the cult of Cornette. 
Um, that doesn't make Cornette right um, just because he's louder. Um, that said, you those are, those are obvious things. You can you can start to you can start to figure out if somebody's just trolling when they come on a podcast and say, "Hey, you stole my shit." Um, or if they're legit by going and listening to their podcast, um, or you can, you can, uh, tell if, if somebody's living in the eighties, uh, and still wishes they were carrying around a tennis racket, or if they're a guy who genuinely loves the product and does a podcast on it and, you know, he'd like to be involved in it, but he's also okay with not being involved in it and just doing a podcast about about his time and about how and, and if he openly says things are different today and I want them to be different. Right. Um which those those are things you can start to gauge what the audience is genuinely liking. Um there are people on this planet who listen to Cornette and just go, ah, well, Cornette sucks. <laughs> and they just want to do it over and over and over again. Uh, as a whole, though, I think the Twitter sphere does tell them a lot. I think, I think it would be very easy to just listen to Simon from What Culture and think, ah, well, everything's great because he likes to give ups a lot. So, um, so I have a counterpoint for your Twitter argument. Okay, and that counterpoint it has a name. It's Roman Reigns. If you True. spent the last five, ten years paying attention only to the Twitter comments on on wrestling, you would have spent five years thinking Roman Reigns is hated, that nobody likes Roman Reigns, because the Twitter sphere hated him. But you and I both know you went to a live show, even during peak Roman, just hate. absolute hate, peak Roman dumb storylines. If you went to a live show when Roman's music hit and he came out, there was legitimate pop from the crowd yeah. because the Twitter sphere can never give you the response a crowd will. Right. And and being someone who's worked in customer service, who's worked in sales jobs, right? There's there's a statement that it says uh, where complaints or bad uh, opinions travel a hundred times faster than good opinions. Um, When it comes to things that end up on Twitter, it's almost always going to be the bad takes. It's going to be the, I'm angry at this. I don't like this takes, right? The good takes, the takes of people actually liking the takes of this. Some, this guy is over. This guy is our champion. Don't flow as much on Twitter. Right. And, and and the simple fact is Twitter is Twitter's a hateful place. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoy Twitter. I get on it, but Twitter is is way more negative than it is positive. So judging which wrestler is over based on the response that they're getting on Twitter is really going to be flawed because I follow Twitter. I'm on Twitter on the regular basis. I do not know if Drew McIntyre is over. Based on the Twitter response to it. I don't know. And I'm on Twitter a lot, right? So um, so even if there's someone at WWE following Twitter, which I don't think there is, 
I think WWE's social media uh, team's entire job is post something and then forget about it, right? Yeah. Um, but even if there is someone on Twitter for WWE watching the interactions, watching what's trending, what's not, what, what people are saying about this and that, I don't think it gives them a good enough picture to book appropriately. And I really think that now that it's been over a year of lockdowns and, and no crowds that WWE writers room literally don't know who's over and who's not. And they're just like, well, let's, let's guess. Um, It's super difficult. I mean, look, they, they had crowds going into mania and that's how they pushed Tamina. Whether, you know, anyone really cares or not is a different story. But at the end of the day, you got a new tag team. You got two new tag team champions out of it. So I almost feel like this might even be beneficial to WWE, whereas they will maybe start listening to the fans more because they realize how how much they took advantage of it back then. You know, I think they maybe might be a little bit more appreciative. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But... I guess it's because honestly, how are you going to navigate through Twitter and know what is what? And there's no way you would have to have a full on team just de- des- designated to do that. And exactly. It's a waste of money uh, in reality, because and even if they did, positive. even if they did, I don't think Twitter would give them a good enough feel as to who's truly over and who's not. Right. I, I think I'm going to make a poll. I think I'm going to make a poll on Twitter just to kind of see. I don't know what names I'm going to put, but uh... I'm going to dance on your poll. Oh, Jesus! That that went crazy far. Yeah, Does anyone else have a? That's a crime on its own. But I'm curious to see what your crime is, bud. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> I I would. I'm just going to go ahead and say that I'm going to give a crime of making the best out of a bad situation. Um, this is a positive crime because I hate that we that that we live up to our our introduction sometimes, and if we have three just shit on them uh, pods or three three shit on them crime, crimes, then it kind of just is a downer of an episode. So. Um, you didn't hear this because you weren't on here, JLB, but Smarks wasn't really around at the beginning of the podcast, and we only got a few minutes' notice because he was too busy watching Army of the Dead. Ah, I, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Don't blame yeah. him. Don't blame him. So, really? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so pissed off about the match that I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch the movie. I like Zack Snyder a lot, but I, I don't know. If I, I, I mean, look, it. you can't though. You can't compare the two at all. I was hyped for the film before I saw that backlash thing. Uh, they got paid a million dollars. I now know why that they why they did it. Uh, decent movie. I mean, yeah, just watch now, the film. <laughs> now, the 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 positive crime that goes out is to. Um, the well to the Twitter sphere, to the Facebook, uh, to the social medias for WWE, as they released a, uh, a meme today, say or not today, earlier this week that said, "In loving memory of Mike the Miz Mizanin, father, friend, mentor, um, 
and husband, I think were the things that it said. Um, that it gave him rest in peace and all that. And then it said the only two time um the only two time Grand Slam champion or the first two time Grand Slam Slam champion. And I deeply enjoyed that they made the best of a bad situation. And I don't know if it was Miz's idea because I know they get a lot more control over their own socials. Um, but I thought that was wonderfully done to really start pulling people in a little bit and saying, hey, yeah, this might have sucked, but here's a funny. He's dead. Uh, when he's, we all know he's not really dead. I mean, that's obvious. But, um, yeah, I, 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 thanks for making the best of a bad situation on your socials. That's really really my crime i i I thought it was uh, enough that i that i noted it yeah no i think i saw it (laughs) i i laughed um and so i get it uh their socials effort is pretty solid Mm -hmm. and i think i i think a lot of that stems from letting letting the wrestlers kind of run their own socials um charlotte's socials are constantly her and andrade working out or or just okay. I don't enjoy Charlotte's socials because they pop up all the freaking time. But um, you know, enjoy them. So then your your kind of good credit doesn't even go to WWE. Then technically, it more it, so it, goes to well, the Miz. Uh, well, or to them for for being smart. No, I don't know if it was the Miz. I don't know if it was the Miz's idea. If it was Morrison's idea. If it was Maurice's idea. If it was WWE's idea. Um, okay. They they don't they don't create gifts and be like this gift created by blah 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 um because <laughs> that would be really pompous and arrogant when it's when it's comedic like that um that said it was it, it those types of things and and maybe it's a credit to wwe for saying hey you guys you guys can run your own socials. Um, allow it, at you least. Know, yeah. Here's here's some ground rules. It's very very similar to letting to letting uh, Chris Jericho cut a promo back in the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, here's the ground rules. You can't do this, 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 this. Oh my gosh, you just came up with the man with a thousand thousand and four holds, um, which also props crime to AEW for referencing that 20 years later. That was so cool. Um, but he forgot a few, ladies and gentlemen. He, yeah, Jericho yeah, had he forgot a few. A couple, he's couple no of the arm, balls, arm bars. And, <laughs> he's so. no longer 1,004. Maybe he's 1,001. But still. Um, I, I will say, if we're going to give props to WWE uh, for allowing their... Um, their people charge of their own socials. We have to give that same props to AEW. All of them. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Luchasaurus today. I literally laughed uh, when I saw this. Um, uh, A website called Uber Facts tweeted out, some dinosaurs had dandruff. And he he retweeted and said, someone's trying to get blocked. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. He cracks me up. Just cracks me up. So uh <laughs> Uberfax earlier tweeted last week, tweeted technically dinosaurs aren't extinct. And he said, No shit, Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> so 
No, it's, and 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 that is. I mean, for all all that WWE has done to take that take that creativity away in the ring, um, that AEW has kind of given it, but also, you know, there, I, I the there needs to be. I feel like wrestling right now needs more communication between the wrestlers and the bookers and the writers. Um, I, I feel like I feel like the bookers need to write, "Hey, this is where the storyline's heading." The writers need to write, "Okay, well, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen to get us there." And then you just give the wrestlers, "This is your outline. This is what you can't do. This is what you can do." Have at it, and and I feel like that's the way it worked in wrestling today, um, and I think that that could work again. Well, I think it depends with W because now I think that WWE is like PG kind of thing. They are doing a little hint of like, you know, uh, more crazier attitude era stuff, but for the most part, they're still very PG. So I don't think they feel safe enough to give the wrestlers that amount of control. Uh, for what they want to do for that reason, perhaps. Yeah, if WWE is PG, they really need to tell that to whoever's designing Eva Marie's costumes. So, <laughs> um, that is dangerously in the PG-13 character. <laughs> um, but Did she no, wrestle I, yet? Or she's only wrestling no, next week? No, she just a bunch I of promos. I think giving, giving wrestlers the control over their socials um says we trust you i think they need to trust them on the product it is an improv show it's not it's not um right now it can be acted out and you can stop and go back and you can do cinematic matches and stuff like that um but but in reality when it's when you're there live when you're doing those things it's an improv show and with improv you have to go you have to give them some freedom to be creative to you know what? I think I think Brock Lesnar should do a stu- shooting star press here. You can do a shooting star press. Yeah, I can do a shooting star press. Ah, crap! He broke his neck. Um, you know, and and that's not to make light of that. That's that's the power of improv is that we get those moments like that. And yes, that's terrifying. That's a bad one. Uh, we get Mick Foley going through the top of the cage. We get a thousand and four holds. We get fruity pebbles. Um, those are all things that we get because of the power of improv. And hey, if you don't mute your mic, we can still hear you moving stuff around. Just so you know, when you're moving your camera, uh, <laughs> just an FYI. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, it may be a, a trend in the right direction where we can start to see some of that more often. Um, but I, I, I get where WWE is scared. I get where AEW might even be a little bit scared. Uh, of, of you know, the CM Punk lack of professionalism on certain things, which, again, turned into one of the greatest moments in, in wrestling history. But also, you know, you put us on blast on our own show. So, <laughs> No, I mean, I, I get it. Uh, I said this a long time ago. Um, anyone... Anyone who thinks that wrestlers should have 100% free reign for their promos never had to sit through a Rick Steiner interview. Um, <laughs> um, 
that they need to have bullet points and guidance. There definitely needs to be some of that for the storylines to make sense and all of that. You know, we need that. However, along the same lines, there can there's the other side where WWE has way too regimented and and way yeah. too too tied into exactly the promo, the script, and that's causing problems too. I just also feel that yeah. the wrestlers aren't motivated, to be honest with you. So I don't know how much the control they get right now. Um, I'm sure some do, but I just feel like there's no motivation. So I think you're right, though, uh, Fabe. That communication between those three, the writers, bookers, and wrestlers, just isn't there. Well, or, I think I think for WWE, I think part of that issue is that all three of them get overridden by Vince. So even if they do yeah. have input, no, here's a great idea. Say suffer and suck attach. <laughs> um, legitimate thing. Oh, you want you want me to go out there with a plunger? How about a gas mask? Please say a gas mask is okay. I don't want to be toilet man. Please. <laughs> Please do not call me Plumber Dean Ambrose. <laughs> I feel like that was one of Vince's ideas. <laughs> uh, but on, uh, I think I have a misdemeanor, but so I'll wait. We yeah. can go ahead and move yeah. on to misdemeanors. Tweet. So and... I am giving a misdemeanor. Yes, that's right there. Right now, yeah, right uh, I'm giving a misdemeanor to Zelina. For <laughs> just giving... coming back out of nowhere, yeah. yeah. Like, what you give this whole spiel that you, uh, you know, you did your video where you thanked everyone for being on her side and that you didn't want, uh, you know, you felt you didn't want to be controlled and you wanted to keep your Twitch going on. I swear to God, I'm gonna have to stop looking at the screen. Um, <laughs> you, you didn't, you know, like you, you got this whole thing where you wanted to defend yourself, you wanted to control your own Twitch. Thank you. You wanted to control your own Twitch, and then all of a sudden, two months down the road, I guess maybe your Twitch isn't working out. Uh, I don't know why no one else might have not picked you up, but then you ultimately decide just to go back with WWE. Um, I'm almost kind of curious to see what made her change her mind. Did she just get a buttload of money now? Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Um, now, I, I do feel it's worth at least saying on this particular misdemeanor that it is still considered an unconfirmed rumor. Um, and the reason I say we have to point that out is I, there's every reason to believe this is true, uh, but the one thing that hasn't happened is she hasn't officially appeared on WWE TV. And so until she officially reappears um, or it's officially announced that she's... So we only heard it on the dirt sheets? Is that dirt sheets, dirt sheets, but there's been a lot of them. She was spotted at the Performance Center... Um, and the, the dirt sheets are reporting that she was not there for a visit. She was there for business, um, and all sorts of stuff. So, but again, it hasn't been officially announced by WWE. It hasn't been officially announced by her. So it's at least worth 
saying, I I think the dirt sheets are probably right, and she's probably on her way back to WWE for dollar dollar bills. Um, but until she actually makes the appearance, we don't know for certain. So there's a there's at least a little grain of salt that we have to put on this. You know, there's something to be said for for there's an 80s song that goes, Don't don't know what you got till it's gone. That has applied to WWE a couple times. See, they they nearly let Sasha get away, um, and Sasha nearly left WWE. Right. Um, this could be the same thing there. You know, it, it, um, Zelina's viewership may have gone down, and WWE may have gone. You know what? We we really need a, a female luchador, or or we never gave her a shot to wrestle. Or golly, she's a really really good manager. You know, whichever one, whichever of those n- numerous reasons are available, they can take all of them. God, right. could you like bathe before you come on the show or something, man? Why? What do you mean? I'm good. What's <laughs> just messing with you. I just like playing with I my hair. Sm- I can smell you from here. You then you smell lavender. That's what you smell. La- You're lavender. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, I think, I think that, that does happen a lot. I think, you know, in in not uh, giving some creative freedom to Dean Ambrose, they created John Moxley, and I think that that was a wake up call to, okay, well, how do I actually want to do this? Would right. creative freedom have been even remotely enough for Daniel Bryan? No, it wouldn't have. He wants to physically wrestle particular people. There's not a okay. doubt in my mind. He wants to wrestle particular people. Mm-hmm. Um, that that you're never going to overcome. I think Daniel Bryan wants a match with Will Ospreay. I think Daniel Bryan wants a match with uh, Kenny Omega. I highly doubt anybody signs Daniel Bryan no. um, to a long-term contract. Not to an exclusive contract, no. No, nope. right. no. Nope. I, I because of the number of people he wants to face, um, he very well we very well could see him face Walter. There's a lot more freedom in the NXT UK contracts than there is in the US contracts, so he could maybe have that type of match show up. He hmm. may even show up for a brief stint back in WWE. I feel like there's enough draw to Daniel Bryan if if they could get him for a three month set with somebody. Uh, do not be surprised if he shows up at Royal Rumble and closes out that feud at WrestleMania. Um, That's his goal. His goal is to wrestle with people that he thinks he can put on a really great show. And he doesn't care if he wins or loses. It's not a John Cena type setup where, yeah, totally, I'll do it if I'm over. Um, If if I politic my way into being over. Um, You know, uh, uh, he has the uh, Batista actually has that same respect for the game, even though we all shit on him about the whole Daniel Bryan thing. He, he, it was actually his idea for Daniel Bryan to win it. So, um, mm. you know, it's, it's an interesting little fact about seven years ago that a lot of people just tend to ignore. Oh, they, he tried to pigeonhole his way into the championship. No, that was Vince's idea. And Batista went, I'm not over enough for this. I can't do this. Mm. So, um, those are, those are, I mean, I think that, that what we see in wrestlers that are willing to leave or willing to not to, to fail somewhere else. And what we see when they do leave, 
even if it's a temporary hiatus, as WWE gains a, a different respect for them. And so I think that may have been what happened with Zelina. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think to reference the previous crime, them releasing uh, certain women's wrestlers from NXT, it might be that they took a step back and they said, listen, our women's roster is not deep enough. Um, we need we need some more depth in this. And we had some depth in Zelina Vega. Um, we had Did some they, depth. They never used her. I admit, again, realizing that you had depth is different than using your depth, right? Yeah. You have Asuka, um, you don't use her properly. You have Rhea, you're not really using her properly. Like, you have Rhea's not being depth. used properly as the champion? Yeah, Rhea's the... No, Rock. I know she's the champion, but I'm not caring. And I feel well, like okay. a lot of other okay, people but, are but, but I, I, I gotta say, you not caring is not her being not used properly. In fact, it might directly go to my point of them not having a deep enough roster. You've got Rhea Ripley as the champion, and who do you have to face Rhea Ripley? Asuka, Charlotte, and that's about it. No one else on the Raw roster um, presents as... She's there. She was one of the Lumberjacks on uh, Raw this week. Oh, right. Yeah. We actually had a conversation about that before you were on the air, too. I missed a lot. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about how there's only two members of Sanity left, and um, we would not be surprised to see them in really future releases because they're mm-hmm. underusing one, and the other one's not funny enough to be a fat guy. Yeah. Who's the other guy? Killian Dane. Killian Dane. Oh, right. No, but I feel like they're using him pretty good. And uh, they're in using him. W Vince notoriously sees fat guys as have to be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. why Tucker got released, but Otis still has a job. Which you're telling me it pays to be fat in the WWE, it pays to, to be, be funny and funny, right? Bam Bam Bigelow was an exceptional performer and fat. But he was not funny, and he failed in WWE. And they never gave him a a title run or Mm -hmm. anything more than upper mid-card. King Kong Bundy got a main event, yeah, but was literally 550 pounds. Yeah. Same with Yokozuna. They they were there's there's fat and then there's ginormous, and those two were both ginormous. (laughs) Right. But. They're the but exception. So I, I, and that's what I think it, it could be part of what I'm saying is WWE realizing that in terms of their, especially main roster, they don't have a deep enough women's roster to truly utilize. And that's why they keep having to go with, oh, Asuka faces Charlotte. Charlotte faces Rhea. Asuka faces Rhea. Because they're like, I, we don't have a fourth or fifth person on the raw roster that we really trust to, to be there. And that means they don't trust Nikki cross to be there, which is a shame, but, um, but that's another thing altogether. Now it also means that they sat there and they looked at Chelsea green and Billy Kay and, and Peyton Royce and let them go for that exact reason. Um, and you don't trust like Shayna Baszler to get out of this stupid. Whoa, view? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Baszler was used pretty solidly this week. What happened this week? Oh, Baszler, uh, apparently 
Now there, there's a failure. This is a, a combined failure and victory at the same time. Okay. Um, and, and I will say that. Um, but uh, Bianca was saying, "Hey, if you want my title, come get it." To Bailey, I don't know why why we're still going with Bailey. Um, yeah, we already wrote the storyline for you. It's Sasha saying, "I want my title back at Hell in a Cell." Mm-hmm. Like it's literally the best story you can tell right now because mm-hmm. it's a four year story. Um, Sasha should be in every Hell in a Cell, Women's Hell in a Cell, for sure, because she's been in every Women's Hell in a Cell. Um, but uh, Bailey attacked or was was talking smack to Bianca and Bianca said come get my title and apparently Bailey Baszler and Nia have have joined forces and so then you have Bianca Oh uh, yeah, the tag match. Yeah. You have the you, you're going to have anything, a six though. man tag for that. So Well you what? did. You did though. You did had happened right then and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so no, I mean I think we're going to get more pick. hell in a cell. I think we're gonna oh. get more to hell in a cell, yeah. and having Baszler attack Bianca from behind, we we might see a Baszler push here. Might. Hmm. I'm not gonna count those chickens. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I don't think they're going that route though. I think so, it was just to use them all in one match and solidify that they're heels. I will say I don't think that they're transitioning to Sasha versus Bianca and Helena Cell, which I think would be a weird banger of a match. And I wish they would transition to that. That makes sense to me. Bailey so. is really good though. I mean, you you can't not give Bailey her dues, if you will, because she's I, I absolutely really can. I think Bianca needs to be in a Helena Cell. I think she's got the strength to do it. I think I think I I don't think there's a uh, singles champion who shouldn't be in a hell of the 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 feud being built or or that there isn't a feud around it that couldn't play well in Hell in a Cell. Mm. I don't think there's a single one that doesn't play well in a hell in, in Hell in a Cell. That doesn't mean that um, that I'm I'm right or wrong or indifferent about the current writing. I just I don't know. I. I'm not in love with Bailey versus Bianca. I'm in love with Sasha versus Bianca. Right. I mean, I, I at the same time though, that's we're always used to seeing Sasha there though. So Bailey did really well when it was her and versus uh, Sasha and the Hell in the Cell. So why can't it be Bailey Bianca? I feel like you're still kind of kind of get the same uh, nope. sort of skill in that ring. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. Kevin nope. Bacon wasn't nope. in Kevin Bacon wasn't a footloose. Meow. No, you're wrong. <laughs> Can I please get off main screen? Why are you talking? Why didn't you just put him on the main screen? It's your challenge. Like I'm being watched. Still, still your misdemeanor. We were still doing your misdemeanor. But he anyway, was talking. You're, you're absolutely right, Smarks. Uh, there, there does need to be – this is this is the same problem that occurred um, during the Roman era. Thanks, Effer. Man, I want to be on the main screen. Anyway, so it's the same problem we ran into with 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 uh, oh shit. With Roman yeah. holding the title, 
at the same time as Cena, um, or you know, we we just we do if if there's gonna be twelve title matches a year at twelve pay per views per year, have multiple wrestlers have multiple storylines be prepared for the fact that you have a whole year's worth to tell and i don't want to see cm punk versus randy orton 15 times out of those 12 like i do want to see cm punk versus randy orton and i want to see it again and and i don't want to see crap wrestlers constantly getting title shots um back of the line needs to mean something and automatic rematch clause needs to mean something both of those things need to occur. It does not lend credibility to the title to keep it on somebody. It lends credibility to have it on, on people who put on banger matches. We have that in the women's division, but we have it in matches we've seen. And I think that's part of the reason Bianca and, and uh, Rhea are the champions. So I think we, we've got a little time. But at the end of the day, if you only have three challengers, you only have three challengers, which means you're shitting on Shayna Baszler, who had a run, uh, but didn't get the title. You're shitting on Asuka, who could easily be the champion again. You're shitting on, uh, really, Nia Jax. Uh, Here's the big name you're shitting on right now. Alexa Bliss. She's a multi-time champion. And she carries so much heat when she's the champion playing a heel character that it's undeniable that she's one of the best in the ring. Um, Of course, we're missing Becky, the most over wrestler of the last five years. Um, You know, those the uh, most over WWE wrestler of the last five years. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I need to qualify that because Cody probably has beat her a couple times in terms of being over. But I don't know that I've ever anticipated a return um, of a non gimmicked wrestler, of a non, because, you know, the return of The Undertaker is the return of The Undertaker back in the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, Undertaker versus Undertaker, I actually got excited for in 1995. It was crap. Now that I look back at it, but you know, oh my god, he's gonna face himself. His brother's coming. Oh no. You know, and that that goes to both your points, uh uh JLB. Uh you know, better writing gives us gives us investment in those things. Um I still remember the Umaga versus John Cena series that was three pay-per-views of Umaga losing. <laughs> But we all thought he was a legitimate contender because of how they wrote it. And so you can do that. Hell, uh, Smarks is probably going to mute me after this, but, um, you know, Trinity, Trinity Fatu, which is her Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> uh, I had to. Sorry. Had yeah, to. well played. Yeah. Anyway, um, is a two-time women's champion. Whether we like it or not, you know, she can be in a title hunt. But there are more people, i.e., I don't know, Cassie Lee, um, uh, Jesse, Jessica K. Is, it, is Billy K's Twitter handle so, yeah. Jessica K? Huh? I believe so. Chelsea Green, who's still under Chelsea Green. All of those people 
um, were released and could bolster that division. Um, Cassie Lee had a great series shortly before, a great promo shortly before uh, being released, where she said, just give me a shot. They gave her a shot. She took the loss because it is scripted. But it was a good match. Yeah. And I liked so, how that happened on Talking Smack or whatever. Like, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it it's like, okay, well, we'll make good on it, and then we're going to fucking fire you. Which made no sense. Yep. Yeah. And they do that a lot. If somebody goes off script on Talking Smack, they do that a lot. Okay, fine. We'll give you that shot. And we're going to be here live miserable afterward. So so to, to kind of talk a little bit about JLB's thing there, talking specifically about the Zelina. bad writing and, and everything, but also Zelina. Um, DFA and I had a conversation. This was over a year ago. This was early on in the podcast before JLB. And it wasn't even on the podcast. It was just a conversation we had in, in real life about how bad the writing was, how bad the shows were in WWE. This is and, pre-pandemic you're talking about then. Yeah, pre-pandemic, pre-everything. It was how bad they were. Um, like I said, it was pre-JLB. Or it was, yeah, it was right <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> um, but we had this conversation about uh, whether current WWE was actually better than 2000-2001 era WCW in terms of writing storylines, in terms of matches, in terms of all of that. And uh, we came to the conclusion that as, as maligned as late stage WCW was, 2000-2001 WCW right at the end, that uh storyline wise and wrestling wise we would probably rather have watched late stage wcw than 1999 wwe right or excuse me 2019 wwe right Mm. that the 2019 wwe was just getting so bad that we would have preferred to have watched the bad days of wcw and and i was thinking a lot about that this week and and really thinking that, and unfortunately in the states here we have to wait a bit until uh, Peacock re-adds the WCW to it, because last I checked they didn't have any of the WCW shows on it. Oh wow, yet. poor guys! Damn. Um, yeah, this this fucking move to Peacock's been a nightmare. Um, <laughs> nightmare. Uh, Sorry, but that's beside the point. Um, so we but, can't even do our botch alongs then, because how are we going to no. guide people to like the peacock? You cannot. We do can them use YouTube unless you can find a yeah a YouTube or a uh, Vimeo or oh valid. whatever okay. link for them. Um, but when WCW does start showing back up on on Peacock, I really do think. We need to start doing a, a ooh, let's see, let's it, let's WCW it. Nitro. That I we should that start doing today's product is better than than the end of WCW. End of WCW. We did a lot of comparisons of 
99 WWE versus 99 WCW. And it was very obvious that WWE was better at putting on longer matches. WCW frequently had 10, 12 matches in a night to WWE six. Okay. Hey, it looks like oh, we can't quite get. Um, well, let's see. Actually, I'd be even down to do like a WCW watch along on Monday nights. We can do it. Peacock now has a bunch of WCW up on it. Oh, nice. Okay. So, so as of right now, that my my thoughts are the the best way to do it would be a a week comparison, right? So um, <laughs> we could watch, and it's it looks like it's an edited version of it. It's not the full full show because it's it's only an hour and thirty minutes long. Which um, show are you referring to? Nitro. Which one? Which, uh, well, it's it's all of these are basically. I, I'm just looking at uh, right now May twenty second two thousand, which would be the the equivalent of last week's. Raw in 2000, uh, three hour show, but they have a, a hour and 30 minutes long. But it, all of these apparently are edited down to that hour and 40 minute or so. Um, May, you said May 22nd, May 22nd. I, yeah, I only have one hour and 30 minutes on the dead on the network. Yeah, that's they must have them edited down. They take the commercials out, maybe even some of the promos. They've got to take more than just the commercials out, yeah, because a three hour show. Would still be over two, two hours. hours. Would be right at two hours. That's ridiculous. What, they what did you take out? <laughs> I don't know, but that's something that we should try to put up, put together a night. We can do a watch along on. Um, maybe, maybe we if we do it later this week, we do the May 29th one. Uh, that would be a ton of fun. Ooh, so. something special for the Discord. Yeah, for the Patreon, maybe. Yeah, we got to check how the how the screen record would work. Because let's say if we watch it on yours, if it's choppy, because at least we can all kind of talk. Oh no, but we, would we still see you? Um, we if probably you wouldn't. Screen. We probably wouldn't share that screen on the actual oh. watch along. Uh, we'd no, all right. watch it, watch it ourselves. Um, just turn off the volume and commentate and. Yeah, or it would be really interesting if you could do both at the same time. If if, if I could get split screen set up on my TV or something like that. If you do it right, it, it should work. But that's something that we can talk about later. But that's my I, again to my point. I contend that most of the time when WWE is bad recently, it's actually been worse than WCW was in the worst days of WCW at the end. The difference was at that time, WWE was so much better that it made us feel like WCW was horrible. Yeah, I mean, I, I would contend that today's AEW product is not WWE in 99. No, it's WWE not. It's good. still better than well, 99. And, and, and maybe it is, but it's not a direct comparison for a lot of reasons. It doesn't have the roster size. It doesn't have the, <laughs> the overall... Uh, demographics and all that stuff for it so but but yeah so so we'll have to try to do that because i bet you if we just started a series where once a week we got together and we watched that week's nitro from the pre from last year of wcw we would 
we would be surprised how much more entertained we were than our current raw situation. <laughs> oh, you're not entertained. My uh misdemeanors for the week. Um, because I've got a couple of them. The first misdemeanor is on injuries. The injuries keeps getting charged. Charge them often. But injuries is getting charged because uh Will Ospreay had to vacate the IWGP world heavyweight title because of an injury a neck injury and so he's going to be out for um months ba- uh, rehabbing that Damn. so um so that sucks because osprey was at the top of his game and you know we're not going to get to see much of that for a while um which also means we're not going to get to see daniel bryan versus osprey anytime soon which would suck but um, but also, in relationship to injuries, I mentioned on one of the previous shows how New Japan had to cancel one of their tournament shows because a couple wrestlers tested positive. Um, we learned that one of the wrestlers who had tested positive and why it was pulled out was Kazuchika Okada. Oh, wow. Uh, he wow. revealed... Um, that he had been tested positive for COVID-19. He says that he's feeling better now, but it's not clear on when he's going to be returned, uh, going to uh, be cleared to return to the ring. So hopefully he gets Damn. better there. So those are my two misdemeanors. Uh, anyone else have any more misdemeanors? Um, I had one. I don't remember what it is now. Okay. Then we will move on to commendations. So for me, commendations, um, there's probably a few to go into, but the biggest one I want to just really give AEW a huge commendation. Uh, And I know that some people are trying to spin this as a negative, and there are reasons to think of it as a negative. But uh, a new agreement with... Turner with Warner Media. Um, they're moving to TBS starting next year, but closer, they're going to have a new TV show showing up on Fridays called Rampage, one hour TV show. Um, and then in addition to moving to TBS, they will have four quarterly special events on TNT. Um So what it appears to me, if I'm reading into this correctly, effectively those are going to be like pay-per-views just on TNT TV. Are those going to be aired on a different night than their actual night? Because that's the problem with the the Impact product is doing their pay-per-view level stuff on as the actual show. Um, I mean, as far as I know, it's going to be an actual live event, special event on on a Saturday or Sunday night. Okay, uh, they, so it'll be they separate. haven't. Yeah, it's going to be separate from their their. They're still going to have their TBS show, um, and then they're going to have special quarterly specials on TNT. Um, the the biggest thing though out of it is that the uh the payout from this is reportedly in the tens of millions of dollars. 
right? Wow. That's a lot of money coming to AEW for this. And while, yes, in the grand scheme of things, TNT is considered more prestigious than TBS, TBS is in almost a million more households in America than TNT is. TBS is the older of the two networks in the Turner Broadcasting family. Yeah. Um, and TBS does have a history of wrestling with, with Thunder playing on it, uh, but oh, not as rich of a history as TNT. But in many ways, this is potentially a really big deal for for um, AEW. And like I said, I know a lot of people are spinning it as a, as a down because it's moving to the less prestigious network. But it's the less prestigious network that is in more households, right? Yeah. Which can only lead to more viewership in the long run. Mm-hmm. And again, those four quarterly specials uh, are going to be like mini pay-per-views or maybe full pay-per-views just on TV instead of pay-per-view. Um, which also and, means that they're going to have a, a, essentially an eight pay-per-view schedule, which is going to mm-hmm. be a big plus too. Yes. Um, the other commendation I wanted to give is both to AEW and WWE for both of them announcing a return to touring. Um, because that's going to be a big change and a big improvement in the product in the grand scheme of things when we start getting more and more crowds in there. And, and differing crowds. Because, um, yes, AEW has had people in attendance for a few months now. But for the most part, it's been the same people, frankly, because they've been in Jacksonville. So it's just cycling through Jacksonville fans for the most part. Yes, some people were touring, were traveling for it, but for the most part, it was locals doing it. And this is going to be now giving fans from around the country a chance to go to it. We're slowly starting to get back to normal. Um, And it'll be a while before we're 100% back to normal, but these are steps in the right direction. Um, Keeping a heavy eye on the local um, performance centers to see if I get a notification of AEW or WWE coming near us. (laughs) Right now, it's just Texas. Yep. So so far, nothing's announced. Well, for WWE, at least, just Texas. Uh, AEW is also in Texas right now. Oh, really? Yep. They've got a Dynamite and... um, is like Texas Something. one of the first places where everything's open, or like what's going on there? Um, possibly. Let me see if I can find the. They'd released a statement the other day of the place, and maybe I'm remembering it not quite right. I'm just trying. But those those are my two main commendations. Uh, anyone else got commendations? Um, well, I felt like I had one. <laughs> what, uh, DA Fabe is commending that energy drink he's starting to. <laughs> oh, I'll sleep like a baby. Um, I, I do. I have a commendation that I am 
thoroughly impressed with the recent releases, keeping themselves relevant. In particular, Jess, Jessica McKay and Cassie Lee. Um, I think that they've done Billy Kay and uh, and uh, Cassie Lee has just become Cassie Lee to me, and I can't remember what her former name was. Um, but the Iconics, in particular, have done a really good job of of boosting their relevance. Um, we know they're coming back. Um, Joe, being more of a traditionalist, is kind of staying under the radar, but that also is probably a pretty good sign that Joe's going to be a surprise whenever he shows up. Um, I, I, I just think that there's been some, some severe relevance starting to show up from, from a lot of these uh, current, current or recent releases that happened right after WrestleMania. So uh, accommodation to them for, for doing what it takes to, to keep themselves in the light. Yeah. JLB, you got anything? Well, I mean, I guess I'll go with I I have all missed in me. <laughs> the other the other commendation I want to give is so we've spent a long time and this one's going to be a little bit more time consuming than the other. Um I kind of wanted to end end it out for me on this. Um we've spent a long time uh, with Smarks telling us how horrible the concept of gimmick pay-per-views are. Um, and for the most part, I agree. In this particular time, this is the best placed gimmick pay-per-view I think we've ever had. I think it's wonderfully placed. Now, whether or not they write it as such is on them. <laughs> but as of right now, I am incredible. I am far more optimistic about hell in a cell than I've been for a while. Um, I was the last time I was as optimistic about hell in a cell was, Oh my gosh, we're going to get fiend versus Seth Rollins. This is a match that plays <laughs> to the fiend. Apparently you can do ref stoppage in those. So, Yep. Apparently. Uh, um, Wait, why so, are you excited about this gimmick? Uh, this particular gimmick, Hell in a Cell, has a one of the four primary titles. Not of the not of the tag titles. The tags have been shit on for a while. But of the four primary titles, and really of the undercard titles, all of them have storylines that are that are potentially very good in Hell in a Cell. Very, very good. And this is part of the reason I had you guys fantasy book this. Um, there's a, or I, I'm sorry, this, I guess I mentioned it when JLB had us fantasy book this. I should give credit where credit's due. I, I forgot you were the one who booked this. Um, but fantasy book this. Um, I, I truly believe that the Jimmy Uso replacement for the Jay Uso feud. Um, that we had the last time Hell in a Cell was going on with Roman could be very good here. Um, I truly believe what a great way to amplify Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre is to have it in Hell in a Cell. I truly believe that somebody whose entrance song is This Is My Brutality 
is designed to be in Hell in a Cell. And I truly believe that you can put an end, you can cap a feud with um, Hell in a Cell, with Bianca Belair, Sasha, um, or you could have Bianca versus <laughs> Bailey and Sasha interfere and be like, this is my match and F both of you. And there's a lot of ways you can go with that. I think every single current existing potential feud could be done for the, for the primary championship could be done in hell in a cell. I also think that, that the build right now that we have with Big E and Sami Zayn and Apollo Crews, and I think there's one more person that's in that that set of a feud um, for the is that the U.S. or is that the IC? Uh, Whatever IC, title, IC, yeah. IC title. I think that that could really do well in Hell in a Cell. I think that 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 could be the return to a multi-person Hell in a Cell. Um, is that a made official? Has no like. That it no, no, not that it's going to be in hell, none of these. None of these are official for Hell in a Cell. It's still oh. four weeks out, so True. we've got some time before that happens. Um, but because we know Hell in a Cell is next, that could really, really develop that. The only one that sucks right now to do in Hell in a Cell, uh, and that's just because he just lost the title. Uh, in uh, oh. Matt Riddle just lost the title is the U S championship. The U S championship just really doesn't have a whole lot of direction. And Matt Riddle doesn't come across as a, um, well, Seamus is the champion though. I know he just lost it to mm. Seamus. Right. And Seamus comes across as somebody who could fit well in hell in a cell. There's just no story built yet there. Right. Yeah, it's going to be Sheamus versus Humberto Carrillo, and I don't want to see that. No, no, no. I mean, and I don't want to see Sheamus versus Matt Riddle, but Matt Riddle's kind of in a feud with Randy Orton, maybe. Uh, I think they're going to go with the RK Bros for a while. Yeah, I think we're going to see that for a month or two. So anyway. Um, um, yeah, we don't we don't know where the Sheamus one's going, yeah. but five out of the six singles titles have stories built right now that are very very capable of being used in a gimmick pay per view, and that's the first time in a very long time that that works. I think um, while I agree with a lot of these working well in a gimmick match. My argument still is against gimmick pay-per-views. Um, I understand that. I, I, I really th- do. This easily could be fucking, you know, great balls of fire and throw a couple mm-hmm. of Hell in a Cell matches in it, and I'd be absolutely stoked. I would also be giggling about the title, but that's another thing altogether because <laughs> I am apparently a 12-year-old boy inside. Um, and we yeah, love but- you for it. But so uh, I, I I see all of these as, as being good potential hell in a cells. I don't trust WWE to do any of them. I I I don't I, I don't fault you for that at all. I I just think that there's there's we've gone into hell in a cell so many times before in the past and had no real build for it. No real. Why are we doing this in a giant rooftop cage? 
Mm-hmm. Um, this time we actually have that ability to build. And and you can literally just leave the cage down. Just leave it down and every match is in Hell in a Cell. Which is which is the only reason to do Hell in a Cell is if you're gonna leave it leave it down and every match is in it. I feel like we would um, bitch about that too though, if every match was Hell in a Cell. But at the end of the day, I would probably still like to see it. Like, all right, just give me a pay-per-view for If you're gonna do it, you may as well do all of them that way. <laughs> Straight up. Hey, yeah. there's really not not a reason to have Umberto Carrillo versus Sheamus in Hell in a Cell. But it's down That's anyway. That's when he earned the title shot. So, <laughs> sorry, Umberto. <laughs> yeah, I just I predict we're gonna have um, I think we'll Shane McMahon versus Otis at in the south. If, if and, that and happens, where has Otis been? I am hunting you down. I don't know. I just pulled Otis out of my ass. I I just feel like that they go <laughs> well, no, Shane McMahon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have a doctor's appointment for next week because of it. <laughs> but no, it's it's. Uh, I just feel like someone backstage at WWE is saying, "Well, it's hell and cell time. We've got to bring Shane, uh, uh, Shane McMahon back. We got to have him back for Hell in a Cell. He's the Hell in a Cell guy." Um, have, have you watched the other people in Hell in a Cell? They've all done pretty good. No, <laughs> no, no. Shane McMahon. Yeah. Shane, Shane McMahon. We're gonna have Shane McMahon versus Roman Reigns in Hell in a Cell. I don't even want you to talk like that. We've seen that our bad predictions come true on this show. You need to stop. Uh, I feel like we're gonna see Jimmy versus Jay Uso in Hell in a Cell. I feel like that's yeah, legitimate. I could see that. I could see that. Um, and if Jay wins, Jimmy has to bow down. Two. But Roman if Jay wins, but if Jimmy wins, he gets a title shot at WF at Roman. Yep. Well, or, yeah, but aren't they building the Jimmy whole tag wins, team? They're building the whole tag team thing. That's though, what I no? think it's going to be. If Jay, if Jay wins, Jimmy has to bow down and be part of the big dog stable. If Jimmy wins, Jay has to leave so that they can go after the tag team titles together. I still don't get why Roman would be mad that they're going after the tag titles. Because they're taken away from my focus. I I think either way, this is my prediction on this, if they do have Jimmy versus Jay, it doesn't matter who wins. They're going after the tag titles. The storyline plays out the same after that anyways. If Mm. Jay wins and Jimmy has to join the, the table... Uh, Roman's going to send them after the tag titles. If Jimmy wins and Jay leaves, they're going after the tag titles. I think this, <laughs> it's the same thing either way. Um, but, um, but yeah. So I have a few kind of unrelated commendations okay. uh, here that I, I want to... Well, it's really just kind of one. One unrelated commendation to Dark Side of the Ring. Their Collision in Korea episode was fantastic. It was fun. Yep. And if you haven't watched it yet, you have to watch it. It's Two Cold Scorpio is hilarious. Yeah, Two Cold Scorpio is like, Oh my god. But but even just just watching this and thinking, like when you watched the Nick Gage one, there were moments when you were like, I think someone's gonna actually die. 
but that's like accidentally actually die. Like Nick Gage got stuck right here by a light thing and was bleeding out in the tent and wanted to go back into the ring. Uh, and they had and, to say no, no. And he actually died for seven minutes. They had to yeah. revive him. They're, they're like, no, you're not going back into the ring. We're going to helicopter you to the, to the dog. No, no. Um, but that's one thing. At Collision in Korea, fucking Scott Norton almost literally died because of what he said to his wife over the phone. And to I'm hear surprised. him talk about it. I'm surprised Eric Bischoff didn't die for jogging into the main city and then everyone looking at him weird. He apparently got like cursed out by his attache. But uh, yeah, it was fun. I don't know. Like, I, I by the way that you're talking, you're, you're making it sound like that's the best episode of the season. And to me, it was absolutely fantastic. But, but again, I've been a fan of that storyline for a while. And it was one of the what? episodes that what I is was this? most... What is the collision in Korea? Just give me a background story. Backstory. Okay. Collision in Korea. Uh, here, here's the elevator pitch of it. Um, Antonio Inoki, uh, who at the time uh, was not just involved in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but also a politician in uh, Japan, uh, thought that um, one of his keys to getting a huge um, approval rating was to improve the relationship with North Korea. Oh. So he uh, arranged for a two-day wrestling event in Pyongyang, North Korea, um, in conjunction with WCW, where they flew over there and they performed to 300,000 people. Oh, my gosh. Well, but it's both nights. It's 190,000 yeah. one night, 150,000 the other night. Mm -hmm. Mind you, who were forced to go. Yes. Again, <laughs> they, you know, they, there's a lot of things to play into this. These <laughs> were not wrestling fans because for the most part, North Koreans didn't know what the fuck was going on. Um, <laughs> they were forced to go to this. But uh, Eric Bischoff very famously has said um, if – uh, you were to you know really think about it. I'm the only wrestling promoter who's made a match or made a, a show that sold out a 300,000 seats, right? Not Vince McMahon, me. Yes, he's uh, also the only wrestling promoter who had didn't get any money from it either. So, yeah, but there were a <laughs> lot of things like so, anyways. So, WCW talent and some New Japan talent. Although not as many New Japan talent as they would no, like. No, much more dangerous for New Japan to go than for WCW. Mm -hmm. Because Japan does not have very good relationship with no. North Korea. And just, you know. But they flew over there and they did a two-night event there. And there is very, very little actual footage of it available. Um, so it goes off uh, mostly just story. Because... It wasn't we're broadcast. Cameras. Yeah. Well, no, I, I I found the actual event, uh, and New Japan has it selling on the DVD. First of all, yeah. But like I uh, said, there's very, very little because it wasn't broadcast nationwide or worldwide. So they had just just the local broadcast footage of it that they could use. But 
Um, but so anyways, the, the story with Scott Norton, um, he's on a phone call with his wife and his wife apparently thinks that he's just out, you know, fooling around with the boys, probably dealing with strippers and, and getting drunk and all of this shit. And, uh, he's in North Korea at the time. And keep in mind, they were told as soon as they came on the plane, that nothing you ever say is is secret here. You're being watched all the time, right? And they literally had like bodyguards with not bodyguards, attaches from the government following them all the time. Well, right? there were security guards. Their attaches was more like you can go here, you can go there. But then they actually had soldiers following them yeah. around everywhere. That's why I call them attaches because they weren't secure. They weren't security guards because they weren't there for the security of the wrestlers. Right. Right. Fair. Um, anyways, but so he's talking to his wife, and his wife is like, I bet you're just out getting drunk with your with the boys and all of this. And he's like, Honey, I'm in this shithole country, you know. Oh my god. And instantly the line goes dead. And his door opens, and people come in and they drag him off into interrogation. And he's handcuffed in a room with a bright light in his face. And and he tells the whole story about this guy coming in and basically yelling at him, you don't talk about the glorious homeland like that. You know, if 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 you talk about it like that, you're a dead man, effectively. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, and like they couldn't really do anything at all. They talked about there was a point where they were playing pool and it took them like, first of all, two hours to get the pool balls so they can play because it was like a whole thing. And then they did like a little uh, flip with the ball there. It hit the t- it hit the floor. Security guards completely stopped the game, said no more pool for you. They were mm-hmm. just mad. They took away their passports. It mm-hmm. was just, yeah. just everything was confiscated. They confiscated Scott Norton's Walkman. Yeah, because they were worried that it was smuggling in contraband or or whatever. It's it's one of those things. And that's why to me, it's super fascinating because um, on a political front, there is there is no more um, no more. Yes, we know they're a shithole country, but no more uh, uh, hidden regime on the planet. It's that's it. It was very. I, I'm curious to see if I can find anything of Muhammad Ali talking about it because Muhammad Ali yep. also was there too. Yep, he was there. The, as well. the the other piece to this is is that that's under ill. That's under Kim Jong Il. So that's even more of an authoritarian mm-hmm. regime than they have yep. right now. Not that Kim Jong Un is a good dude, but it's it's. I mean, it's at the peak of its authoritarianism, which yeah. is really scary. Wow. Oh, and I haven't it, watched it was, this one. And it, it's no, like, it's a fun time. It's a good time. I just don't, because it felt like they didn't have enough footage or it's only a four day thing. Right. So there's, although a lot of stuff happened, I just kind of felt like you didn't really need to make it a 45 minute thing either, which was my whole thing. But I, I enjoyed the episode. It's just, I maybe thought Nick Gage was a bit more, this was interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I, no, here's what it comes down to, right? Nick Gage was more about the wrestling, and and this was about politics, and that's it's important to note. I am a political junkie, and we don't talk about it on the show, but I follow politics, and so that's why this is 
more so much more entertaining to me is because really this was it was 1995 is when they did this mm-hmm. and um like they couldn't even uh, they talked about it they couldn't get well that couldn't get um to get permission to fly into North Korea from the United States you had to apply with the government and it took six days for them to decide if you could go and then they could say no. So uh, Eric Bischoff decided, nah, we'll just fly over to Japan and then fly into Korea from there because right. the United States government might have stopped him from going. Um, right. And so he lived by the, it's better to beg forgiveness than ask permission side of things. And so there's so much about this that to me is super intriguing because it's really we do the amount of stuff that we know about North Korea is overshadowed by the amount of stuff we don't know about North Korea. For sure. Absolutely. Um yep. and for a a uh wrestling company to send people over there. Um, especially in 1995, um, was an extreme risk, number one. And number two, um, just like I say, it's it's so much of this is getting in there. It took balls for Eric Bischoff to think, hey, let's just do this. Yeah, the second you- day event held, holds the record for largest ever attendance for a wrestling event ever. And so Vince McMahon, eat your heart out. Eric Bischoff did it. At and this double. was Eric Bischoff's first move, technically, as president of the company. This was one yeah, of was, his first things. So Yeah, it was right when he took over. Um, so Hogan wasn't there. Yeah. No, Hogan denied going. He didn't want to go, so they got yeah. Flair instead. Yeah, that, that's the deal. Is Hogan was invited. He was the first choice, and he he said, um, "I am a real American. Yeah. Is not going to play well in Korea." Yeah, that doesn't work for me, brother. I'm going to stand out on this one, brother. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. You know what? Me. I can't blame him. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, interesting thing. Just a few weeks ago, we saw Yuji Nagata wrestle on AEW Dynamite. He wrestled in the opening match of day one in Korea. Oh, snap. Okay. So, kind of an interesting thing there. Uh, Bull Nakano wrestled at it. Um, I I have the event, so... I'm curious because apparently it was very silent. Like there, yeah. the fans didn't know what was going on. So you have 190,000 people there. No one's saying anything or cheering because they don't know what's going on, except for the last match because everyone likes Antonio Inoki because apparently he's a bit, he has, he's like half Korean or something. Mm-hmm. His father had died or something because of the whatever. I don't know the story, but they found out his father was half Korean and he got the mafia, the Yakuza killed him. And so that's why North Korea kind of knew who Antonio Inoki was. And that's the only pops that they got. So I don't know if Kim Jong-un told them, hey, guys, you have to pop or Kim Jong-il <laughs> said you have to pop for this guy because he's North Korean because that's the only the main event was literally the only match where people started cheering and clapping and whatever have you. But, yeah, must have sucked for the other guys. 
<laughs> yeah. But like I say, for me, that's part of I like I seeing this this glimpse cool. into this um is super interesting to me. Don't get me wrong, like Nick the Nick Gage episode was was fantastic for a lot of other reasons. Mm-hmm. But but it, it really just simply comes down to uh for Nick Gage, it was a wrestling event. Um, it was it was a wrestling show. For this, it was a political discourse. And that's why it was super fascinating to me. But on top of it, right, again, there is every chance that those wrestlers did not come back from North Korea. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, and, and there were multiple times in that that they had a chance to maybe not come back from North Korea. You know, uh, Ric Flair kissed the ground yeah. when he got off the plane in Japan. Like he was so grateful Three, that he three thousand dollars suit, two thousand dollars shoes. He still got down on his hands and knees and kissed the ground in in Japan because he was so thankful to be out alive. Um, there, there was a side event story happening on during this where Two Cold Scorpio hmm. and Road Warrior Hawk. Um, were beefing with each other, and Two Cold Scorpio literally was about ready to shank Road Warrior Hawk in North Korea, and they had to be like, "Dude, you will if you do that, you will not leave North Korea." And guess who told them that advice? Chris Benoit, out yeah. of all people, told him that you shouldn't kill someone. I yep. Well, it was. Pre-CTE, Chris Benoit. That's valid. But it also had the Steiner Brothers, uh, which the this was, of course, pre-steroid free Scott Steiner. So <laughs> I guess I'll I'll give uh, it a little bit. But if there's if you were to ask me if there's one wrestler in the '90s that I wasn't gonna take into North Korea, Scott Steiner would be pretty high on that list. <laughs> like I don't know if I'm gonna risk that. But at the end of the day, Google Scorpio was like, listen, I got to see Muhammad Ali. They went to like some memorial place and Muhammad Ali went up the steps and shadow boxed. This is, of course, uh, when he, st- he just he was diagnosed with obviously be- after his boxing career was over and after he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. But Two Cold Scorpio was like, dude, I got to see Muhammad Ali do his little shadow boxing. Greatest moment of my life, which, you know. When do you get to see the greatest of all time? So, mm-hmm. but yeah, so Hogan said no, so they went to Ric Flair, which uh, I don't, I don't know if Ric Flair was ever super happy about that particular decision. Mm. But anyways, that's my commendation. Is is Dark Side of the Ring just has been consistently good this year, uh, this well, season? But you're not gonna, you're not gonna say that this week when they have the Ultimate Warrior. You know, I still think there's a lot of uh, good storylines uh, to come out of Ultimate Warrior's life. And also, you know, uh, as long as they uh, don't sugarcoat his uh, blatant racism. Well, I mean, a... the thing is, we technically only heard WWE side of Warrior. So this would, I guess, be interesting to hear, I guess, the more objective side of Ultimate Warrior. 
Mm-hmm. So, and a I didn't watch A and E's biography, which also happened today. So we're just just get, getting bombarded by warrior documentaries, but I'm definitely gonna watch that, and then I'm gonna watch Dark Side of the Ring to really compare the two. Yeah, so. I'm just glad that Warrior managed to get out of the mirror. He must have taken a note from Zod or something on how to get out. Yeah, that was Who a knows? gift to you, there, Smarks. <laughs> Absolutely. That mirror scene was so. I, I actually was watching worst moments of WCW earlier today, and that was in that category. Yeah. <laughs> so there's nothing there. Bischoff, Bischoff ruined that, not Hogan. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. What are you talking about? Well, a lot of things ruined that, but I, uh, I actually was thinking about Warrior the other day, because um, uh-huh. I was. I was going through a list of the uh, best promos in wrestling history. Why were you thinking of Warrior? <laughs> and and many of those lists put Ultimate Warrior's last promo. Oh um, yeah, okay. On the list of best promos of all time, when it was on Raw, when he came on Raw and gave his promo and then died the next day. Jesus, um, no hearts. What the hell? <laughs> His promo was all, one day you will breathe your last breath, then your warrior heart will beat its last beat, um, and then the next day he was dead. Um, that's what happened. Um, but here's where I get cold. Nonchalantly, though. Like, Here, holy shit. Well, it's not like it was fucking yesterday. <laughs> okay. Jeez. <laughs> it's yeah. been like five seven years. years. Seven years, right? All right, all right. We we can be a little bit less uh, less subtle about things now. Anyways, my point was get this is where I get I get cold, right? You want to talk about me being cold? Uh, I don't think that was a good promo in the grand scheme of things. I think the only reason we call it a good promo is because he died the next day. And so now it looks prophetic because he said, one day your heart will beat its last beat. Um, and then he died. And I think if he had not died the next day, none of us would be talking about that promo. Yeah, no, you're probably right about that. But yeah. it's just the circumstance um, of it happening. It worked and out. in relationship, I'm angry because none of those lists included the Steiner math promo. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a genetic freak. So that means I have better than a 33% chance of beating you. And Kurt Angle already knows that I can beat him. So... <laughs> Sorry. Steiner math is... I've watched it enough times that I, I might be able to quote the whole thing. Yeah. I, I feel uh, like we got to do a botch along on that. That that would be... And then I, we should uh, probably dissect the math and try... <laughs> it's I, it's really close to accurate. The only part that that is inaccurate is when he starts <laughs> adding things that he took away earlier. And so that's where he gets to 125% chance of winning. Uh, but, 140 and a third and two thirds chance. Was that yes. what it was? Okay. Yep. Yeah. The, that's the, that's the spot. What's that? Did you guys do this one night randomly or you found? No, I, I actually, <laughs> I actually work <laughs> in finance in real life. Not as uh, as a district attorney, and so uh, literally I dream numbers, um, uh, and so because I dream numbers, it, it, it's close except for one spot where he he, he adds what he should, what he should, okay. what he should be subtracting. 
And his goal is to reach a very high percentage of him winning a triple threat match. Which yeah. No, the thing is his math is way off in, in almost everything because he's he's adding different percentages from different things altogether. Yeah, let me he's let subtracting me, different he, Yeah. The if you follow his math, even though it's shitty math, if you follow his math by his standards, mm-hmm. it's really close to accurate. Maybe that's what so, I should say. So yes. to go through the quote oh, from Jesus. beginning, why you know they say all men are created equal. But you look at me, and you look at Smojo, and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally, if you go one-on-one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak, and I'm not normal. So you got a 25% at best to beat me. Then you add Kurt Angle into the mix, and your chances of winning go drastic, go down. See, the three-way at sacrifice, you got a 33 and one-third percent chance of winning. But I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me, and he's not even going to try. So, Smojo, you take your 33 and one-third percent chance minus my 25% chance, and you got an eight and one-third percent chance of winning at Sacrifice. But then you take my 75% chance of winning if we was to go one-on-one, then add in 66 and two-thirds percent chance. I got 141 and two-third percent chance of winning at Sacrifice. See, Joe, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at Sacrifice. He added, so he added when it was going to go one-on-one and also if it was going to be, why would you add the one-on-one with the triple threat? If he's going to go one-on-one with you. Because Kurt Angle already knows I can beat him. But you don't add the 75% on top of the 66. You're comparing two different matches here. What? (laughs) Yes, the math sucks. But the math is accurate. It's accurate. In the end, if uh, yes, the math works out. He did the math correctly. It's not the right math, but he did it. But my point still being, if you don't put that somewhere on the list of best wrestling promos of all time, I have no respect for your list. Right? It doesn't have to be number one. But if it's a top 20 list, it has to be somewhere on there because that's peak wrestling, right? Like, like it's not higher than cream of the crop. Ooh, the cream of the crop. Yes. Ooh, the cream um, always rises to the top. It, yeah, it, it may not be better than Hard Times by Dusty Rhodes. Um, it's not better than Booker T's Hogan. You got another thing coming, and we're going to stop it because I don't need to say anything live on air that Booker T said live on air. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I was on on a ranker list, and it was like 40 wrestling promos, and it wasn't on there. It's not Fruity Pebbles either. Yeah, it's not top 20, though. I'm fine if you have no respect for me. If if, if that's your respect line, whether I have Steiner on my top 20 list of promos, I, I wouldn't have Steiner on my top 20 list of promos. You're you're legit forgetting about, you know, some rock promos, Chris Jericho promos, um, you know, CM Punk promos. You, I can't put a lot of those promos under Rick, uh, Scott Steiner's math promo. I'm sorry. I sure top can. 20. I sure can. This is, <laughs> you you this. would put 
you would put Chris Jericho with the with the 1990s pin roll uh, impact printer printout, reading the hundred or the thousand and four holds that he has. By the I, third I, time he says armbar, you're still going to say that that's. I I will say that that one's close. However, and here's where the Steiner math might win, uh, because I did rewatched that promo. Um, it took place in two parts. Not not talking about the commercial break. I'm talking about the the Jericho promo. He came out and he cut half of a promo. Then he wrestled a match against um, somebody. Juventud Guerrera. <laughs> then after he beat Juventud Guerrera, then he went back and delivered the rest of it, and that broke up the promo. And the the actual promo was so short in reality, but um, but the, it's close, right? But like I, I would say that literally the Steiner math is peak wrestling promo. It's not the best wrestling promo. I'm not saying it is, but yeah, it you're is saying peak, top twenty. But it's peak wrestling because it is the most wrestling promo of all time. <laughs> I'll give you that. It is the most. It is Stimpy saying, "No, it's my turn. I want to scream the loud words." It is peak wrestling promo. It is everything a wrestling promo is supposed to be. It's not which top is twenty. Over the top. Uh, absolutely aggressive and crazy, right? Um, no, no, I still I'd say top twenty. I didn't. I'm not saying top. I'm not saying it be, beats Stone Cold's uh, King of the Ring promo, right? Um, I I would argue that it might beat CM Punk's pipe bomb promo. Oh if, my god! If only, Come if on. only because spy, uh, uh, CM Punk's pipe bomb promo wasn't actually a promo. Oh, stop it! It was not a. Pro- it was literally him, him going off script, which is not a promo. He wasn't promoing a match, which is what a promo is supposed to be. He wasn't promoing a uh, uh, upcoming segment at a pay per view or whatever. He was off book the entire time. It was. It was great. It was fantastic. Ranker has it at number two right now. Um, oh. So they count it as a promo, but you right. don't. Uh, I I don't think it's a wrestling promo. I I I think it's a technicality there, but that's what I come down to. Um, wait, wait, wait. What's number one? Uh, they have Stone Cold number one. King of the, the Ring. King of the Ring. Austin. I am the damn game. Isn't isn't? You do have I am the damn game over it, right? Um, which is about HBK is gone. Yeah, I, I'm gonna point out doesn't make Ranker's top thirty list. Really, there's uh, that if was I'm a really good promo. In if terms I'm of remembering correctly, a, Triple H does not make it on this the this thing at all. I hey man, I'd be I'd be down to do like a, a botch along on good promos. Yep. Dusty Rhodes <laughs> hard time promo. I would definitely put up there. It's one. It's one of the best wrestling promos Dusty of all Rhodes, time. Which one? Hard times. Okay. There's a chance you might not have seen it because it's from old uh, Mid Atlantic Wrestling, um, but 1985. But, but uh, Randy Savage Cream of the Crop. I, it's definitely up there. 
Jericho's WWE debut promo. Oh, for sure. It's it's up there, <laughs> but it, it really was a very short promo. Like it really was. In fact, I would actually say because it was it was back and forth with The Rock that it's not a promo, bro. It's enough of your semantics. It's it's straddling <laughs> the lines on. of not being a promo, being a segment. I would say it's definitely one of the number one segments of all time. Uh, uh, Chris Jericho's thousand and four <laughs> holds promo. They have number six, mm. right? Paul Heyman's one night stand two thousand five promo. Yeah, that's the fuck mid- you balcony, isn't it? Uh, I think so. Um, yeah, the only reason you were WWE champion for the year is because Triple H doesn't want to work Tuesdays. Um, <laughs> number eight, Miz's talking smack promo, which again. I'm not sure technically is a wrestling promo. Oh my god. Because it's it's one hundred percent been shown that that was him going off book. So you're Uh, so wait, wait, wait. You're telling me that when people don't do exactly what they're told, sometimes it turns out really good. No, no. He's telling sometimes cool. My point was made earlier. That's all I needed. Um (laughs) but I'm gonna point out Rick Steiner is not on this list anywhere. But hold on. He he's so you're insinuating that Scott Steiner actually had that written down. I think Scott Steiner went off the cuff. So if you want to play Mr. You, Semantics with that. Okay, okay, so so you think Scott Steiner, Scott fucking Steiner is smart enough to have done that math on the fly and gotten the actual results correct? <laughs> but it was so badly done though, is the thing, because he was also all over the place. Uh, so I he's, like, no. he stumbled that was, that over was words, methodical and well thought. That was no, that was yeah. That was a well-written promo. Yeah, I, I can't was, dog on that part. He For stumbled him to say, though, words. that it's better than the pipe bomb, he's wrong. Yeah, very wrong. <laughs> I mean... I, I'm just saying the pipe bomb's not a promo, but that's beside the point. Ric Flair's Royal Rumble victory that. speech, nine. Uh, Hulk Hogan's heel turn promo, number 10. Definitely above it, right? Does Scott so. Steiner have Twitter? I am tweeting him and asking him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Rock's Billy Gunn promo, they have it number 11. Dear I think it's God. up there. Dear God, what, what's your yes. name? See, my name's Billy, and that I just won King of the Ring. And there's one problem everybody still thinks that I absolutely suck. <laughs> uh, AJ Lee's Total Divas promo, I don't put that above. Scott I don't Steiner. remember AJ Lee's promo. No, I, exactly that, I, my point. Uh, Bret Hart delivering a promo in 1997. I don't think I would put any Bret Hart promo ever on a top 20 <laughs> wow. promos list. Ooh, there were some good ones when they were when, yeah. when they were anti. Him and Owen. Also, him and Owen too. I think he that had a few good ones with Owen. Bret Hart the is one of my feud? all-time yeah. favorites. I don't think he ever. He was not a good promo. He was a good wrestler. He wasn't a great promo. Uh, Mark Henry's retirement speech might be up there. Um, Jay Lethal and Ric Flair's TNA promo. We'll have to watch. I can't one hundred percent comment on it. Mm. Jake the Snake's uh, Muck of Avarice promo. Yeah, it should be on there. Number three, CM Punk's contract signing. More of a promo than the pipe bomb. Paul Heyman SmackDown promo. 
Eddie Guerrero's addiction promo they have at 19. Yeah, probably. Uh, Scott Hall's Monday Night War promo, his first promo on Nitro when he invaded. Hey, yo. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shawn Michaels' Montreal promo, where he said, who's your daddy, Montreal? Bastard. Uh, Number 22 on this list. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Number 22 on this list. And don't get me wrong, I enjoyed this. Rewatched this the other day because it made me laugh. Uh, John Cena and Roman Reigns promo. That is a great one. Um, it's off the script, though. But it's off the script. Oh, it's a shoot. No, no. It's I will say that podcast the only reason, <laughs> the only reason that that promo is on this list is because it's off the script. Again, that, I'm not that saying that promo it's would bad. not have been good had had John Cena not looked at him and said. They're, it's called a promo, but uh, bro, you want to be the big dog, you're gonna have to learn how to do yeah. one. So, so that's uh, that, uh, that's directly to my point. If it's only on this list because they went off script, it becomes a shoot, not a promo. And shoots, you can have a list, and Pipe Bomb would be number one of wrestling shoots of all time. Um, I think anything that promotes the product is a promo, but yeah, no, it can be a, it can be a so, work promo or it can be a shoot promo. So did, but they're both promos. Did the pipe bomb promote the product? Because Absolutely, it did yes, not promote the product. Did. It fucking badmouthed the product the entire time, which is not promoting. That's exactly which made you want to watch John Cena versus CM Punk. Yeah. That is exactly the opposite of promotion. It may have had a positive effect, but it was not promotion. In fact, in fact, uh, CM Punk's exact method to it, his exact thing you would, he was trying to kill the product at that point, which is exactly why it, but the same thing with this. Uh, again, I say the Roman Reigns and John Cena, I enjoyed the fuck out of it. It's not one of the top 20 best promos because it's not a promo. It's a shoot. Um, Another Paul Heyman promo. Yeah. Daniel Bryan's (laughs) retirement speech. Yeah, number 24. I'd put it there, maybe. Edge's retirement speech, again. I I, would put Edge's retirement speech over Daniel Bryan's. Quite possibly. Mostly because Edge was a little more heartfelt and Daniel Bryan was back a lot faster than Edge was. Yeah. Both of them. But at the same point... Again, I, I argue that those are not promos. <laughs> They're retirement speeches, which is a different oh, thing altogether. Jesus. Uh, Next time on a very special episode of WBU, we will actually have a court and jury about what a freaking promo is. Yeah. Straight up. Jo- Joey Styles quitting promo. That was a it great promo. Shoot. Yeah. But but uh, but babe, it's a shoot. Yeah. Uh, Ultimate Warriors final shoot promo. promo again. I don't think uh, it. That was written, bro. That was written. It was written. I don't think it would be on this list if he hadn't died the next day. Because mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think it was a good promo, except yes. for the fact that he said, uh, "Every man's heart one day beats its final beat. His lungs breathe their final breath." And if what that man did in his life makes the blood pulse through the body of others and make them bleed deeper and something larger than life, then his essence, his spirits will be immortalized. And he died of a heart attack, right? 
Um, I thought it was sure. a stroke. Stroke, stroke. something like okay. that. I don't know. Um, but but again, I don't think if he had not died immediately following that, if it had been a month or two months or three months later, I don't think we talk about that as the, as one of the best promos of all time. Right. Uh, CM Punk oh. promo from Ring of Honor. Most people wouldn't put it on the list because most people haven't seen it. Uh, Bray Wyatt's Miss Teacher Lady promo. I don't remember Matt that Hardy's one. original Woken promo. That uh, was really good. Which well, I point out, this is his Woken promo on Raw, not his broken promo on TNA. Mm, that's uh, interesting. On this list. Vince McMahon's Life Sucks promo. Dudley Boy's Heat Wave promo. Dean Ambrose promo on Seth Rollins. See, none of these do I put above. Yeah, there's been several now. The, the last streak has been below yeah. the, the Cesaro's map. post-draft promo. Uh, Samoa Joe's Turning that. Point 2007 promo. Page's Page Bomb promo. I feel like I might remember that one. I think that was pretty decent. Not sure if it's better than Steiner's, though. Yeah. Roman Raids, This Is My Yard promo. Uh, this is one that's really uh, was surprising. It's, an, it's a New Day promo. That's, they have number 38 on this list of best promos of all time. And it was a backstage WWE.com exclusive that wasn't aired on TV. And <laughs> it, while it was entertaining as absolute fuck, I recommend you guys uh, watch it sometime. Does that, does that page have like the links to the promos? Yeah, it's got thing? got the YouTube videos for all of them up oh, uh, on there. Um, this one here isn't even so much a promo. It's just New Day fucking around backstage um, and making fun of Brandy Rhodes or Eden, whatever her name was in WWE. Mm. Uh, and and they do throw out the uh, this girl don't know about Pangea line from Little Bucky, which <laughs> cracked me up. Jeez. Uh, that was a great song. Uh, I love Little Dicky. I, I only recently discovered So did your wife. Didn't sh- <laughs> well, she better. She stuck with me. That's it. Uh, Stephanie McMahon's WrestleMania 32 promo rounds out the list at 39. Um. <sighs> Wait, is that is that Stephanie's uh, is that Stephanie's? I created women's wrestling. I created uh, women's. No, I this mean, was. She didn't actually say that. That's just. Yeah, this is the. Um, you exist to serve us. We're the leaders, chiefs, and generals. We're the absolute power. We own you. Okay. One. Um, but again, I'm going to point out, Triple H not on that list anywhere. Only one Rock promo made it on that list of top 30. That doesn't make sense. Now, I guess technically, too, if you count him as part of the Jericho promo, because he was half of the Jericho promo mm, okay. uh, on Jericho's first match. And that's that's kind of my point. Is In the end, over half of these promos on this list in 10 years we won't remember. 
Right. Yeah, but this list is also not the equivalent to how many great promos they were in wrestling either. Because no. I could probably name you a bunch of other ones. You you sure can. My point still being, um, in 10 years' time, we will still be talking about Steiner math, and we won't remember Stephanie McMahon's WrestleMania 32 promo. We won't remember the New Day's backstage promo. We won't remember. We won't remember Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, my yard promo. Um, he says it so often now, or mm-hmm. I guess he doesn't anymore because it's not about him. Um, we won't remember. None of us remember Samoa Joe's Turning Point 2007 promo. <laughs> no. um, I vaguely remember Cesaro's post uh, draft promo. Um, but but under remember. that same under the same guys that you're naming right now, then Warriors promo, Warriors twenty minute promo, is a great promo, and it's not. It's it's the epitome of the worst of. Uh, while while I, I understand where you're going with, I'm I'm pointing out, um, j- just because we remember something doesn't mean that we remember it as good, right? But but when something we remember as good stays with us for 10 years and we will always remember it as good, it's one of the best, right? And I would say for a large now, percentage of people, um, the bath promo is is bad. I, I would say for a large percentage of people, they are wrong. Okay, well then that became an opinion, not a <laughs> so but again, my opinion was if you don't have it somewhere on your list, I don't respect you. That was <laughs> my opinion. Respect me. Yep. Yep, I don't. Well, we, we kind of knew that a while ago. <laughs> so um, and again, this is just one list, right? Uh, the ranker list, but the big thing with rankers, people can upvote and downvote things there. Um, you know, we go to Goliath, they've got the hard times, they've got the pipe bomb, they've got the Hogan Jones joins NWO, they've got Austin 316, they got Roz Jericho, they got Cream of the Crop, uh, they've got a Ric Flair promo, they've got they've got Jim Ross interviewing mankind as one of their top 10. That's not um, good, you know. So you know, Jim Ross and, and, interviewing Kane and Kane lighting him on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, huh? We could go to bettingblogger.com. I don't know this one here. Rock's Billy Gunn promo, Ric Flair's 92 Royal Rumble, Randy Savage Cream of the Crop, Chris Jericho's debut, Hulk Hogan turns, Paul Heyman One Night Stand 2005, Ric Flair limousine riding, jet flying, Pipe Bomb number three, Hard Time number two, Austin 316 number one. I can't believe that Ric Flair, um, you can have everything if I can have you in the ring, isn't in that category. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he takes the, off all his clothes. In the <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, uh, like the um, Goliath.com list, just their entry for number 10 just says Ric Flair. And it says, you can take your pick from promos that Ric Flair did. Yeah. Um, but but in the end, you know, it, as much as I like Cream of the Crop, it's not my favorite Macho Man promo. My favorite is the Ricky Steamboat Garbage promo. You are nothing but garbage. Yeah. 
But anyways, we've talked for about 20 minutes on promos and on a, sure. on a commendation. On a single <laughs> like, commendation. Felt like you promos. did a promo yourself. That I, that I can't you remember like what the commendation promos? itself was. We got under promos. Yeah, we got off on, on a tangent there. So. He, he got off onto a promo himself. You don't like Steiner promo? I don't respect you. Yes, that is one of my that is, that's a wrestling promo. I don't respect you. If you don't like the Steiner math promo, uh, I just don't. Not at all. I'm fine with it. <laughs> JLB's camera didn't respect him there for a bit. So, oh, snap. So, if you oh, really, yes, <laughs> like, because no. the links are all going to be in the doobly doos, anyways. Because we are going to go ahead and wrap things up for this. Uh, we've gone for. Two and a half hours or so. Um, talk about that part. Yes, we're going to talk about all of those parts there, right? Okay. So make sure to check the doobly doos below, and right down there, there's going to be the doobly doos that has links to all of our stuff, all of our social medias, all of our um, places you can listen to and find this podcast, um, and our Patreon and our merch. So if you want to support the podcast. You can uh, join us on Patreon there, or you can buy some merch. You can buy a shirt that says links in the doobly-doos, or you can buy a shirt that says not a cop, or I don't know, a bunch of other stuff. But head on down to the doobly-doos. booking unit. Yes, and support us that way. Um, But we are going to go ahead and start to wrap things up here. So if you would like to follow us on social media, you can follow me at Raw and Order WBU on pretty much all of them, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, you know, I'm all there. You can follow DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe. Go there. Yeah, if you want to be bored. <laughs> I'll post more if I hear more flack. Okay, yeah. Go I fucking Twitter, give him all sorts of shit. I use Twitter the way Twitter's intended, which is to be a shit. And say things like like Ava Marie being hired back on is a great thing for... Yeah, it sure has worked out really good for you so far there. (laughs) That's valid. I was kind of expecting more than just you two to fucking hate that, but apparently... I was was too. Apparently the rest of the fans were like, yeah, I agree! Uh, Most of the rest of the fans were like, "Uh, who's this fucker? Oh, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, they don't know who I am, but if I say something really messed up, I get into these crazy conversations and I'm just like, I'm not going to respond anymore because I really don't give a shit about your opinion. <laughs> so uh, if you want someone to not give a shit about your opinion, <laughs> you can go follow JLB at JLB420 Real Talk Radio is the brand at Real Talk Radio 8 anchor.fm slash rtr i mean you don't have to go to mine but you probably should because people actually follow me on like this guy over there Uh, (laughs) (laughs) this is so confusing and uh that's it we are going to have the collision and career review up as well um we just finished recording that as soon as it happened so i just got to do little edits and i'll get that up as soon as possible and back to you good sir i have a wager i have a wager that i'm going to make with smarts this is an over under okay do you want the overs or the unders on jlb's review 
of the Collision in Korea, J, sorry, JLB's review of Collision in Korea actually being longer than the, <laughs> than the uh, Collision in Korea um, documentary. I can tell you how long that is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you want the uh, overs or unders? Uh, I'm going to say over. What do you say, Fabe? I, I also was going to say over, but I'll take the unders to be a, to to be a contrarian. All right, so it is actually well with pauses and stuff. I got to edit that out. It's an hour and seven minutes. So technically <laughs> over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, come reviews. on, guys. I have my intro. I have, you know, whatever. This guy's hilarious. Uh, the, the real, the real thing to bet on is whether he actually gets it put out this week or not. Wow, calls me out like that. Just for that, I am putting it out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm trying to light a fire under you. You get so perfectionist in your editing. You're like, no, I gotta Ugh. cut this out. I yeah. gotta cut this out. And I gotta do this. I'm this being is, less. This is exactly how he edits it too. Yeah, exactly. I'm the index this guy. Long winded. This guy, long winded. This guy, long winded. <laughs> yes. It's not the only thing that's long. I've got a long attention span. <laughs> that's not that's why you true. can do a two hour podcast. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not even really fucking bad. true at all. Uh, <laughs> I am ADD <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> That should um, be a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, do make sure to like, share, and subscribe uh, whatever podcast platform you use or whether you're a fan of us on uh, watching the live stream on Facebook or YouTube. Make sure to like or subscribe wherever you do so that you get notified when we go live. We are planning on continuing to do our lives um, every Sunday night and Tuesday night just like we normally would record. So uh, set your schedule to that uh, because I'm not very good at pre-scheduling these lives. I just kind of go, oh, shit, it's time to do a live. And then I do it. Um, <laughs> so uh, but make sure to follow us there and follow us on the social media. We already kind of went over that. But on that note, <laughs> we will probably close the book on the wrestling booking unit. We're closing yeah. the book. Okay. That minor funnier, yeah. Well, and that was it's a, a notebook, I guess. <laughs> All my notebook. books are over there, damn it. <laughs> but we will close the book on the wrestling booking unit and we will see you soon. Thanks for there's 140 and a third chance. This is the best podcast we've ever done. <laughs>